Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the JCC show. Uh, I am joined here by Carmen and, uh, as always, Chef Roy. Good to be back. <laughs> Carmen normally. <laughs> here, I got it. Here it is. Here it is. Messing up. I'm going to kick it up a little bit. Ortega is ready Hello there, children. Hey, Chef. All right, so um, yeah, we're 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 back. We're running a little bit of a skeleton crew today because our uh, our uh, departed uh, comrades here, Josh, our and MC Fish, Josh, are uh, are finally they're finally taking the plunge. They're getting their two for one vasectomy special. Um, so we wish them all the luck uh, and all the best with that, and hopefully uh, a fast and speedy recovery. They're only a couple uh, months behind the uh, March Madness uh, deal, but uh, I think the uh, the doctors made a little exceptions for them. <laughs> so, anyways, we're gonna move on. Um, we're just we're we're gonna talk a little bit about um, the roller coaster of emotions that that us Chicagoans were on yesterday, Saturday. Uh, what was it? April twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty fifth, April twenty fifth on Saturday. Uh, we had the Bulls tipping off at four thirty. We had the Blackhawks puck drop at seven. And as we were watching, you know, the end of the Bulls game, the Blackhawks game was simultaneously starting, and it went from it went from great to bad to even worse to great to even better. Yesterday, it was just it, it, like I said, it was a roller coaster of emotion, and and it it, it was it it wound up it wound up in the in not the best possible scenario, but it wound up good for us. Yeah, I mean, go, going into it, I was saying. With both teams face, facing you know, elimination games for the other team, I was hoping that the Blackhawks, if one team was going to lose, it was going to be the Bulls, just because the Bulls had a lot more room for error versus right. the Blackhawks. We, did, I did not want to see a game seven back in Nashville, so I was quite as though I was really, really disappointed in the Bulls and how that game ended. I was happy to see that the Blackhawks pulled it through and didn't make made it a, wound up being a pretty good, a pretty good Saturday. I mean, by the time after the Bulls game, I was really disappointed, and then. By the end of the by the end of the Hawks game, I had totally forgotten about the Bulls loss. I mean, granted, two, those are two words every sports fan kind of loves to hear sometimes. That game seven, but when it, when it involves your home team, it's a little tough, man. Because you know, after that game seven, you could you could be going home after that for real. So to see them pull it out the way they did was was it was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it was it it, it was uh, it was a pretty spectacular game. I mean, like I said, you know, as you know, as the clock was winding in the day, you know, D Rose was dribbling down, you know. Trying to lull his defender to sleep, um, ultimately got the ball stripped, call, timeout called, and then uh, you know obviously the the last second layup by Jared Bayless, which put an, uh, a knife in it are in our backs, and then you know the puck drops for the Hawks, and then um, yeah, what, quick, a minute and a half in, yeah, quickly go down one nothing, and then two nothing, and then two to or yeah two to one, uh, three to one, and then you know obviously uh, the whole goalie controversy with uh with with Scott Darling and Corey Crawford you know pretty much came to a head then when when Joel Quenville's hand was forced you know to deal with the situation and and he he you know he eventually pulled uh Scott Darling out for uh, the veteran Corey Crawford 
I mean, essentially, what happened to Darling is what happened to Crawford in the beginning of the series. I mean, right. three goals on twelve shots, and I mean, maybe our uh, our starter there, Corey Crawford, just needed a little time off. He needed a break. You know, he was, he was tired. I don't know, but I mean, it worked. Obviously, maybe LeBron called him and said, "Hey, you know, I benefited from that rest. You know, that two week rest in in what was that January, or February, and uh, you know, obviously." Cleveland kind of took off after that, and and hopefully the the Bulls are the Bulls, uh, the Blackhawks could do the same. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it was it, for the most part. I don't believe that the 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 pulling of the goalie was simply on the fact that Scott Darling gave up three goals. I think it was more of a it was a move to spark the team for the most part because I mean, you, you could Joel Quenville sits players for long stretches during. You know, during the game, a lot of times, I mean, you know, he sat, I think he sat Patrick Kane, you know, uh, before his injury, obviously, you know, he wasn't playing well. He sat him for like the final, I think, 10 minutes of a, of, of a third period, um, you know, in a game, in a game earlier this season. And, you know, it just, and, and he, you know, he, he's benched Bickle. He's, uh, you know, he's benched Richards. You know, just, it's, 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 he's basically sending a message. And when he pulled Scott Darling for Corey Crawford, it wasn't necessarily that Scott Darling was playing terrible. But the score indicated that he was, right. for the most part. And, you know, there was bad defense in front of him. Just the same the same reason why Crawford got pulled in Game 1 is the same reason that uh, Scott Darling got pulled in Game 6. So it kind of it kind of gave the, the the Blackhawks a little a little shock, you know, a little, a, jolt. a little jolt of energy that they needed. And it, you can tell, I mean, after that, it was the Blackhawks were playing, you know, with a lot more energy, with a lot, a lot more bounce to their step, and um, you know it was a good thing for everybody. And you know, like I've mentioned before, Quenville, Quenville always knows the buttons to push, the right buttons to push for the most part, and uh, you know he's done a good job of that. Well, I mean, just look look at what he did with Vermette. He was in a healthy scratch for what the first two games of the series, and I mean, he came back. Was it game three that he scored his first goal as a Blackhawk? I mean, if it wasn't the first game he came back, it was the second game he came back, and you know, I mean that that seemed to obviously work with him being he got he got the the exact result of a goal, but I mean, he's he, sometimes you question what some of Coach Q's moves, but in the long run, I think they've pretty much always worked out for him. I mean, ninety-five percent of them at least have worked out for him. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess we really can't question Coach Q. I mean, he has done what he's done for the Hawks. He's produced titles, and if the man makes a decision, just hope it's for the best, and you believe in him, right? Yeah, I mean, if, the, if nothing else is blind faith, I mean, he's, the man's gotten us two two cups in the last five years. I mean, how do you not trust that guy? I mean, I think the luck is in the stash, though, man. Coach Q got that stash. Well, I mean, it's that Chicago stash. Yeah, this yeah. stash is awesome, man. We, we don't have uh, we don't have Fish Daddy here to uh, to elaborate on his on the power of the mustache, <laughs> but yeah, we could, I could definitely agree with that. Basically, you know the 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 way that the way that I saw it, you know, going from Game Five to Game Six, and uh, the Blackhawks were in that Game Five, you know, all the way up until the third period. You know, the first the I don't know, I, the first few minutes of the third period, the Nashville kind of came out and gave him a gave him a knockout punch that the Blackhawks really couldn't answer. But for the most part, Scott Darling played. He played. He played pretty well. I mean, he 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 wasn't doing anything spectacular. You know, uh, I mean, at least in 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 you know game uh, game four or I'm sorry game five, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. But he was stopping the necessary shots in the first two periods, and uh, you know he wasn't letting in soft goals, which is what essentially got Crawford pulled in game one and then benched after game two because, you know, it was like floodgates open. You know, he, you know, like we were mentioning before, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the psyche of the goalie is, is, is a big part of it, is a big part of their game. And, you know, if they're not feeling confident, then 
obviously those soft goals are a little bit easier to go into the back of the net. And, uh, you know, I thought, I thought it, it, as well as Scott Darling played, you know, he wasn't the number one goalie and, and, and Corey Crawford always was that, you know, he, I, I guess he just, like I said, he just needed to maybe send a message to Crawford that, Hey, we're not playing around. This is the playoffs. This is where the big boys show up and, and, and play the best hockey of, uh, of the year. And, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought Darling played well enough in game five. He just didn't, he didn't have that, you know, that killer instinct that the Hawks needed for the most part. And, and, and ending that game five the way that it did, you know, I felt Crawford, I thought, I thought Crawford earned, a, earned another shot at it, you know, and, and it was unfortunate to see uh, Crawford struggle in, in, in game six like he did in the beginning. But, you know, like I said, it wasn't on, it wasn't really on Darling. It was on, it was on the defense and, and, and the lack thereof. I mean, they weren't, they weren't doing their job. They weren't, they weren't protecting Darling like they should have been. And, uh, you know, that led to, that led to him being pulled out of the game. I mean, I think the problem is with people, they see three goals on 12 shots automatically. Oh, it's, you know, it's the goalie. It's the goalie. No matter if it's, it's Crawford or it's Darling, but I mean, it's, it's not all on them too. Yeah. And I mean, granted, yeah, they are the last line of defense, but you gotta, I mean, Darling did what he was supposed to do for us. He came in, he stepped in. Was he ever going to be the long term relief? For Crawford in this the year, this year, no, yeah, well, no, probably wasn't to, realistic. He, you know, spot at spot duty, he right. he did his job. He's he and he, he did it well. You got to yeah. give him that. He's a rookie and he did it well. And you know what? I mean, Crawford's a Stanley Cup winning goalie. I mean, until proven otherwise, I mean, it's his job. It's his job to lose at the end of the day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're at the we're at the level that the NHL is with all its elite players. I mean, you give anybody an open crack at a goal, it doesn't matter what goal is in front of them, they're going to score. I mean, that's just just the na- nature of it. So, I mean, you have bad defense in front of you. You know, it it doesn't take a. It's not going to be a great goal. It's going to stop. I mean, a great goal may stop one out of four of them, but there's three that are going to go in. Like, I mean, it's just the nature of the skill level that that's in, coming at them and, and trying to score. I mean, you're not you you, you don't have the defense support, defensive support in front of you. You're you're just basically a sitting duck. I mean, right. that's what it is. And you're the one, you're the guy who's going to take the blame because it's a lot easier to switch a goalie than it is to switch a defensive line or you know a couple lines because they're terrible. You know. And I mean, I think that's that, that's a lot of it, which is un- unfortunate because I think Scott Darling and Corey Crawford both played really, really well. It's just the defense in front of them. I mean, you can only, you, I mean, the the Hawks are basically basically running with Duncan Duncan Keith Johnson and and Seabrook, and I mean, it's too much time. I mean, they're eventually going to break down. They're eventually going to get tired, and that's what happens. I mean, that's that's basically that's basically what happened to the Blackhawks and why they gave up so many goals to Nashville. Well, I mean, one thing as a Blackhawks fan, though, it is comforting to know that, I mean, if you are missing a beat with one guy, one another guy can step in and take care of business. You know what I mean? We got two guys we can really depend on in the back of the net, and that's a good feeling. Granted, I don't like this. Uh, I mean, you've, I think you've said it before, Christopher. I don't like this whole juggling of the goalies thing. You want to have a guy that's solid in there all the time. But, right. I mean, it's the nature of the business. Things happen, and we're lucky in Chicago. We're blessed to have two good guys back there. Yeah, I mean... uh as uh, as everybody knows, you know, obviously the Blackhawks, you know, clinched uh, clinched the series yesterday, and uh, you know, obviously moving on to the second round to face either uh, St. Louis or Minnesota, which uh, Minnesota is up right now three to two in the series, and they're playing currently. I believe they were up one nothing last time I checked. I don't know the current score of the game, but uh, oh, actually two nothing. Sorry, two nothing Minnesota. Two nothing Minnesota. In Minnesota, they're about to knock off the. Uh, number one seed in the Western Conference, uh, essentially, which would be, I believe, you know, it, out, of, out of the two teams in in that in in, in the playoffs that the Blackhawks could potentially meet, um, 
Well, two to one, Minnesota. Two to one, Minnesota at the end of the second period. Um, anyways, uh, out of the two teams, St. Louis is, is is just that more of a of a physical team uh, that the Blackhawks don't really want to meet. You know, Minnesota ha- has always given them problems uh, with what they have in speed and uh, and their defense, and obviously they're you know Devin Dubnik and 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 the goalie play from Minnesota has been pretty fantastic lately. So. Um, you know that obviously that's going to give the Blackhawks problems, but it, as far as physicality goes, St. Louis the Blackhawks just can't match what they have, and you know that's obviously uh, you know the hitting and the physical the physical nature of their game and what St. Louis does, and uh, you know it's it that that really was not a matchup that the Blackhawks want. Uh, they don't want to go to St. Louis and, and face those guys because you know we saw we saw it at the end of the year how they played, you know. They had those two games in one week against St. Louis, and St. Louis pretty much just pushed them wherever they wanted to go. Is it was it wasn't it wasn't a good uh, good stretch for the Hawks. So you know, in my opinion, I believe that the Blackhawks would be better suited playing Minnesota, only because Minnesota is a little bit less uh, set up for, for for a deep playoff run. I believe. I mean, as far as their physicality goes, and and their and for the most part, their their greenness. I guess you would say. In the playoffs, you know their their uh, their lack of their lack of experience. Is, well, they're relatively younger team, am I right? Right. Yeah, I mean they have some. They have uh, they have they definitely have some veterans that that have been there before. But for the most part, they're a young team. I mean, look at their goalie. He's you know he was a he was a washout, I believe, from what Edmonton, and and you know now comes to uh, to to the Minnesota Wild, and you know he's a stud again. He's a stud, but a lot of a lot of that I believe has to do with was is with their. Minnesota's elite level defense, so you know uh, it's going to be up there with the best of them in the league, right? And it's going to be interesting to see you know if Minnesota could close the series out or not, and 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 you know eventually have a second round uh, playoff matchup with the Blackhawks. I mean, this may be the homer in me talking, and maybe you guys feel the same way, maybe you don't. But just coming off that big win yesterday, and the way we were able to close that series out, I don't care if it's St. Louis, I don't care if it's Minnesota. It's like let's let's get it going. I'm excited for it. I don't care who it is. I think we could beat them. I, I just think uh, personally that Minnesota is not a real. They don't have a real good shot at winning the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup Trophy, and uh, St. Louis does. So to have them, to have them out. I mean, even though both teams give the Blackhawks different uh, kinds of, of of matchup issues, you know, Minnesota is is a little bit easier, I believe, of uh, of a matchup than St. Louis would be, only because, like I mentioned before. The physicality, their depth, uh, their ability to score, uh, stuff like that. Their 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 goaltending might be you know suspect, uh, like we mentioned before about you know bouncing around between you know who is their number one goalie and and who isn't, uh, you know would be an issue for them. But uh, like I said, Minnesota is definitely the 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 team that I believe that we should we want to meet as 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 Blackhawks fans, um, you know and. I, I, I personally think both of you guys are crazy. Uh, I, I do. I, I, not saying I, either team that they play, St. Louis or Minnesota is going to be an easy one. Cause I think either way, it's probably going to be a six or seven game series. But I don't know. The, the one thing that may, I majorly fear in, in, in the playoffs is a hot goalie. And Minnesota has, n- there's no one hotter than Minnesota's goalie in, in Dubnik. And, and, and the other thing that, that also, you also don't take into account is the fact that I think the Blackhawks have ended their season, what, the last two years? So I don't know. I just think that having having that recent memory on a lot of those guys, plus a hot goaltender, is a recipe for disaster if you're the Hawks, and especially show, showing their weak link in their defense. 
I don't know. I, I I'd almost take I'd almost take St. Louis, even though St. Louis is probably a better team. It's definitely a more physical team, but the 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 one distinction that the Blackhawks have over the St. Louis is they got I think they got a lot more skill. And, and and you saw it last you saw it last season you know last year in the playoffs where you know they tried to Blackhawks tried to play that same game of let's let's be aggressive and hit and hit and hit and hit and they lost those games and then once they realized you know what we could just outskill these guys they blew right past them and won four straight I thought that it would be the same plus St Louis has kind of got that monkey where they always seem to always seem to fail in the playoffs so I figured they'll fail they'll fail in the second round against the Blackhawks I don't know I just don't don't really look forward to seeing Minnesota because I think if any team could beat the Hawks in the left in the playoffs, east or west, it's Minnesota. And then ending their season two years in a row, I guess that third time the charm is ready with them too, huh? Yeah, I don't. I just, <laughs> just really. I mean, I don't know how many times teams have ended, you know, seasons for each other like that many years straight. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's a it's a harder thing than just you know to put on paper and stats and. I don't know. It just makes me worry. But I mean, either way, like I said, either way, it's neither neither team is going to be an easy matchup for the Blackhawks. Just because I mean, that was a that was a pretty that was a pretty brutal series for them to start in the opening round. And I just you know, I don't know. I think from here on out, I mean, every every level that you go, every round that you get farther and farther in the playoffs, it just gets, goes up a gear and goes up a gear. And I mean, the Blackhawks are a really good team, but if, if they got one deficiency, it's defense and their lack thereof, as far as you know, just high level talent and, and a lot of it and. You know that that that's really it. I mean, teams are going to exploit the, their defense, and that could be their Achilles heel in this whole thing. Yeah, I've I, you know I said that I said that in our NHL preview uh, preview podcast that 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 would be a big issue for the Blackhawks is their defense. Uh, I you know uh, Kimo Timonen and Michael Roosevelt. Even though Roosevelt, you know, you know Carmen mentioned this earlier, he's he's played okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering, play. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's the weakest link on the Blackhawks defense. But I think the, this that last series, I thought he played actually really well. I mean, I I don't think excluding maybe game one or two where he was his normal self, which is terrible. I think that the last the last three games, I think he's played. I thought he played better than I expected him to play. Yeah, I mean that, that their their defense and their goaltending is what's going to. You know, keep them in this in the chase for the cup. Um, if they can't do that, then you know any team that they match up against, either you know St. Louis or Minnesota, is going to make quick work of them. Uh, only because you know that's a it's a, if you can't stop the other team, then you know no matter how many goals you're going to score, you know it probably won't be enough. No matter what goal you have in there, even if you have a brick wall, you know mounted up in there, they're going to find it with their professionals and and hockey players are. Uh, are normally very, very skillful at their craft, and especially at this level of, right. of the playoffs. You know, it, you're not going to be playing any Pee Wee Junior team. You're going to be playing. You're going to be playing a team that deserves to be there. So you're playing uh, the best of the best at this if point. You, no if you don't, if you don't shore up your deficiencies and you don't at least mask them well enough to, you know, to 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 get by, then um, then you know you're not going to be playing very long. And uh, you know that's that's obviously the, the 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 hope of us of us Chicago Blackhawks fans and the Chicago Blackhawks themselves is you know they hope that they they could get they could improve enough to get past or you know get to where they need to go, which is ultimately the Stanley Cup Finals. Which I mean, going forward, regardless of how far they get, whether they get bounced next round or go or win at all, defense is one thing that they need to improve for next year going forward and for the years to come. And I mean, I've always said, and you guys agree, man, offense sells tickets, defense wins games and championships. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to just to switch uh, pace a little bit, you know, as if 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 and hopefully you guys have listened to our NHL uh, preview of the playoffs. Currently, we are three and one in our selections 
Uh, we had you know, our only loss that we had, I believe, was uh, the Calgary-Vancouver uh, series, which I think as a show we had Vancouver winning that, uh, winning that uh, series, and Calgary did uh, eventually come back and win, win the series and uh, take out the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I've, that's what I, was, I was trying to. I was trying to roll back in my head to see what what we actually picked to make sure we didn't sound, you know, because because I was like, oh yeah, I picked that, and then you go back because it's actually on tape, and you realize you didn't pick any of those teams. So I was kind of fearing <laughs> fearing looking at what we actually wound up picking, but I'm glad to hear that we had some sort of educational guesses on who won, and we were mostly correct. Well, we're we are in trouble in the Eastern Conference bracket. Uh, we have obviously we don't. Who do we? You know, guys, remember who we picked? Minnesota or, or St. Lu, uh, St. Louis. Uh, we, we picked actually, Minnesota. We picked Minnesota. I picked. I know for me personally, I picked St. Louis. No, Roy and I picked, both picked St. Louis. Yeah, but the, the show, show picked Minnesota. Picked Minnesota. Right? Okay. So we're, we're, we're good on that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're in trouble in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs against uh, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings are currently up three to two, looking to uh, bounce Tampa Bay, one of the, the or the highest scoring team in the NHL, out of the playoffs. You know, which is kind of crazy because. You know, like I said, they, Tampa Bay is the highest scoring team in the NHL, you know, this season, and they've barely been able to muster some goals, uh, to the, to the Detroit Red Wings. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how and if Detroit can actually close them out and if, uh, if Tampa Bay could get back to what they've been doing all season. Game six is Monday at home for Detroit too, so it should be interesting that they could just. Yeah. I mean, if they can't close it out of their home ice. Yeah, that's a tough place to play if you're on yeah. a your visiting team. I mean, that, that place is loud. It's, dark it's 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 yeah it's tampa's going in there and they know they're they're in for one man they yeah know. yeah i yeah i don't envy that position <laughs> with your season on the line going there but uh who, who your, your guys opinion though who do you think who do you think won that series for the blackhawks in round in round one against nashville do you, i mean is there any one player that kind of really sticks out in your mind as far as wow he played really really well to and he probably gave us the best shot of winning? And you know at the same time you know I think that obviously Duncan Keith scored two game winning goals in in the series. Uh, he at times had a, a a couple defensive lapses which Nashville converted into goals. You know so you know as as easy as to say to say Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook for their game winning goals. You know they're obviously they they had a bunch of lapses where. They needed that their heroics, you know, in late game situations to uh, to to overlook what they what what the mistakes that they have made. But I think actually, you know, Patrick Kane has been really productive. Uh, he was he was he was really productive for the Blackhawks uh, this in this series after being out for you know uh, how many weeks was it? Eight weeks? Yeah, 20, 24, 26 games, I think. Yeah. A long time, man, and and yeah, for the mo- he, you know, he obviously showed rust in that first game. You know, he didn't look as solid and as crisp. But you know, it, by yesterday, you know, the, the the Brad Richards to Duncan Keith to to Patrick Kane, you know, face off win to to puck in the back of the net was that was a thing of beauty. And you know, you, you could see before the before the ref was actually able to 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 drop the puck for the face off. You know, Brad Richards, he was telling Duncan Keith, hey, you know, Duncan Keith was pretty much lined up right behind him and Patrick Kane was behind him. Uh, Brad Richards was like a quarterback out there. He was he directed Duncan Keith, you know, hey, move over a little bit to my left. And, uh, you know, that's where he was going with the uh, with the face off after he won it. Went right to Duncan Keith and, and then Duncan Keith just kind of pushed it over to Patrick Kane and all in one motion right into the back of the net. Uh, you know that that whole line that the 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 Brad Richards, Christopher Stieg, and Patrick Kane line, I think, was one of the best that the Blackhawks had this whole this whole series. Uh, 
you know, they, they, if they weren't converting, they were definitely getting positive momentum for the game. Um, and, you know, definitely giving their team the energy that it needs, you know, the, the rest of the lines out there to, to, to push as hard as they were. Uh, so I believe, you know, Patrick Kane and, and I also think Brad Richards played a hell of a series. You know, he, he got stoned. He got stoned a bunch of times. He got robbed on a bunch of goals. Uh, and I, you know, he obviously did convert, uh, eventually in the series. Uh, but I, you know, just his energy, his experience. I mean, the guy was an MVP in the NHL before. So, you know, to have that, to have that on the Chicago Blackhawks this season is going to be, uh, is going to be key for them. And, you know, if, as long as he can keep up this, uh, this play, uh, I believe the Blackhawks are going to be doing some some dangerous things in the playoffs here. Hey, just to give you guys an in-game update, Minnesota just moved one step closer to facing the Blackhawks. They just scored three to one. Wow! Beginning of the third period. Yeah, I, I think to me the one that to the player that sticks out the most to me is uh, Patrick Sharp. I don't know. I've, I've always I've always ragged on him because I don't like the way he plays. He's kind of like a shoot first and doesn't really look at to get other people involved. He just kind of wings it at the net and hope hopefully it it, it goes in. And I think he. He 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 definitely a lot of low points in the Blackhawks in that series. I think I think he kind of sort of single handedly snapped him out of it just because of his you know his his really quick and decisive goals. And uh, and, and like I said, they were a lot of times they were they were very stagnant on offense. And he you know all by himself was able to, to bring a spark to it. That and that and I think a lot of stats don't as many stats as there is not enough goes to Marion Hosa for what he does on the ice. I mean he just there's just so many little plays that don't usually amount to anything. Other than like you know just the start of something that you could tell like okay a goal a goal yeah, building how many how many times you guys ever see anybody steal the puck from Marion Hosa no I mean yeah it's, he's it's, just, it's hardly ever it, I mean it, it, if it is it's maybe by like a little sneaky surprise but nobody nobody's gonna win that puck from from Marion Hosa he's the guy is a horse he's really strong I mean, yeah if, if a nickname ever fits anybody big hosses I mean it's like when he has a when he has a puck it's like it's like a bull in a china shop i mean you ain't gonna get it from him and he's just too big and strong and just really skilled and yeah it's just like i said he, he stat wise i mean even though i think he did he wound up having what five assists so i mean he he had a he, had a, he was very active but there's just so many things that he does little that helps a team win like you know little plays like the kick out here or the yeah holding the puck for an extra second like all that stuff you know that, that doesn't go into a stat line goes into helping the blackhawks win and i think he just did so much that, that you know he was you know if he would have went down the, the the Hawks would just been in trouble just because of the little things that he does. I mean, I mean we're talking one game of the whole series for as far as like the most just just the, if you go off the top of your head like you know who who was it that stuck out in your mind of like wow he played really well I mean even if the stats don't back it up just like little things that you see I guess for me it all goes back to the captain man Johnny Taze I mean just even yesterday just capped it off for me a goal and two assists and it just seems like he when it really, really comes down to nitty gritty just. Yeah, so Johnny Taze is always see, that's the thing that was, it, man. Yeah, that's the thing that was like you, you almost overlook Jonathan Taze just because he's so consistent with it that, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's like you just expect him. You just expect him to, uh, to, 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 to do something. And it's like the minute like they need a spark, it's like, all right, well, the captain's going to step up because that's what he always does. Exactly. You know, so it's like you almost take it for granted that he's that good. And he's on our team. So it's like, it's just, oh, he's going to do his. Yeah, exactly. like, he's going to get an assist and a couple goals. And it's, it, it, that's all just expected going right. in. So like I never think like, wow, he's really good, even though he is. I mean, if you look at the, how it all ended yesterday, I mean, with the, with the game-winning goal and how just the hustle for him to get back and – off the boards, and this is, man, Johnny Taze is in it all the time, and like you said, I mean, he's just always involved, so it's like, hey, he's always, he's always doing it, so he's just them. No, yeah. you know what, though? That's what makes great players great, because they're always involved, they're always doing what they do, and they do it on a consistent basis, and to me, Johnny Taze is the man. Yeah, he he, he had a great series. Um, 
but a lot of the Blackhawks do. And, you know, obviously they're not going to be able to advance if, if a lot of the players aren't playing great. So, uh, you know, so, so we're, we're just, that was just, that was, that was an amazing game yesterday. I mean, like I said, like I mentioned, uh, earlier, you know, the highs and lows and mostly lows to begin with and then the highs and then, you know, obviously there was a lull in the middle where the second period where nothing much was going on, but the Blackhawks for the most part were, were controlling the pace of the game and they weren't giving, they weren't giving Nashville many opportunities to score. And, you know, they defended, they defended Corey Crawford really well when he came into the game. I think he only wound up with what, like 12 or something saves, 12 saves? Yeah, not many shots on him. Yeah, 13, 13 out of 13. I yeah. think it was, personally, I think it was just the enter the Sandman that just pumped everybody up on the team. It wasn't it had nothing to do with the fact that Court Crawford actually came in. It was just the music being played. <laughs> but that's just me. That's just me. All right, music, so. Music can be motivational, man. Oh, so, man. So, in the, so in the Western Conference, we, we only have one, one first-round matchup that's still alive. And, and like we mentioned, that's St. Louis and Minnesota. And the game is currently going on. Uh, Minnesota's winning three to one, but that series is still alive. On uh, how do you guys see this 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 series shaking out? Do you think Minnesota or uh, St. Louis has enough to come back and uh, and beat Minnesota and then force a game seven, or you see this ending tonight? I mean, I, I, down two goals, fourteen minutes left over on the road. On the road, it's tough. It's going to be tough, and Minnesota's hungry. They want it. So at this point, it's going to be who wants it more. And to me, I mean, just from the outcome, I mean, obviously I could be wrong. Anything could happen in 14 minutes. We, we all know that. But yeah, we know that. We all know that. But, I mean, so far, it looks like Minnesota's going to close it out tonight, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Roy. Uh, I think just mi- what Minnesota has been doing the last, you know, two months of, of the regular season and then into the playoffs is just going to be too much for St. Louis. That's why I originally picked them um, to, to win this series. But, you know, like, uh, like Roy mentioned you know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to to cl- close the game out, but I think they're going to eventually do it. Uh, to, you know, to obviously win uh, win the series and move on to the second round to uh, match up against our Hawks. I mean, Dubnik's twenty three out of twenty four today. Yeah, that's pretty pretty damn good. You know what I mean? And you guys want to play these guys? <laughs> just think of that. I'm just that confident in the Hawks, man. I think they. Just I am, I am too. Like I said, I just I'm just looking at goal, goal, goalies. And and past past history, and I, I like I like what we have against St. Louis versus Minnesota. So do you think do you think Minnesota is going to pull us out, or do you think St. Louis is going to have an epic comeback, force the game seven? I don't I don't I don't see it. I, I personally don't. I just I just think that the, the goaltending Minnesota has right now going for it is just too strong. I mean, they got they got to score two goal, basically three goals in fourteen minutes. I, I just don't, I mean well, crazy, well, crazier things. Sure they score no more, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazier things have happened, so it's of not course. like it's completely. But I just I don't see it. It would be a colossal failure, I think, for Dubnik to to give up that those kind of goals now at this point in the, this point in the, the series. Right. All right. So then we have uh, we have in the in the other bracket of the Western Conference, we have uh, the Anaheim Ducks prevailing over the Winnipeg Jets, which uh, we all saw, which we all saw. Yeah. I didn't think that Winnipeg was going to roll over like they did. Uh, I thought they would give them more At of a least fight. One. At least right? one game, man. But uh, well, that's the thing, though. Is I mean, Winnipeg's a pretty good team. They got they got a lot of things going for it, and it's like you know, Anaheim rolled them pretty good. So I mean, you know, I kind of looked at Anaheim and was like, oh, whatever. They're they're not going to be nothing. Now I'm kind of, they kind of got my attention because, like I said, you know, Winnipeg Winnipeg's not a bad team, and they made them look really terrible. So that's something to be concerned about. Right. Anytime anybody gets swept, potential gets potential bad. matchup for us. Um, and then we have in the same side of the bracket, we have uh, the Vancouver Canucks failing 
to uh, to beat the Calgary uh, Calgary Flames. They lost that series uh, two games to four. Um, and Calgary advanced. They're going to be matched up with uh, the Anaheim Ducks uh, in the second round of the playoffs in uh, in the Western Conference. And then on the other on the, in the other uh, conference, in the Eastern Conference, we still have uh, we still have every single uh, matchup still going, except for the New York Rangers closed out the Pittsburgh Penguins. They um, did what they had to do. They took care of their business. Yeah, I, I thought it was going like I thought it was going to go seven games. Honestly, how Pittsburgh pretty much. <laughs> Pittsburgh pretty much for the first two games they they dominated. I mean they lost uh, late in the the that second game, I think it was the second game by a fluke uh, a fluke overtime goal, uh, and Pittsburgh was playing pretty well. But man, New York I guess they 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 just turned it on. I mean they showed why they they were the President's Trophy winners. Yeah. They closed them out quickly. Um, in the other uh, in the other Eastern Conference matchups, we have uh, a seventh game in the New York Islanders and uh, Washington Capitals series. Which uh, game seven? Which yeah, that's game seven in hockey. That's it's that's gonna be a fun game to watch, especially when it's not your team. <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> yeah, you got no, you got no. Like, yeah, I'm not worried about crying after if we lose. It's, right. <laughs> that just makes it more enjoyable to watch a true game seven when everything's on the line and no, no, nothing is being held back. Right. You get to just enjoy the game. I'm not worried about someone texting me later. Ah, your team sucks. Yeah, yeah. Lost, then, like. then, or accepting the you know the idea of having to explain why they lost or anything <laughs> like that. Like, ah, good. I, I love game seven when it's not my team. Exactly. And then uh, we also have the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that game is going to a game six. Uh, like well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Detroit's leading that series three to two. Very surprising. Uh, look, looking to close it out. Looking to close it out at home. That's going to uh, be tough for Tampa, man. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, and then they're they're in the same uh, playoff bracket as the Montreal Canadiens. And the Ottawa Senators, uh, Montreal was winning the series three nothing. They were looking to sweep Ottawa right out of the playoffs, and uh, Ottawa has come storming back. Uh, they won the last two games, two games in a row. They're going for a game six in Ottawa. I, I gotta ask, Carm, you nervous? Kind of, kind <laughs> of. I mean, Ottawa's a good team. I mean, you know, Montreal's uh, Montreal's good and all, but Ottawa's uh, they're 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 closer than everyone thought to the the gap between skill and. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, as long as my real team is still going, the, the, the Montreal is like one of those dream things of right. like, yeah, I want to see an original six, and I want it to be Montreal to face the Hawks in the final. So if they don't make it, New York's an original six, they'll, they'll do just fine. <laughs> I mean, hey, Ottawa's the, the momentum has definitely shifted in that series. You got to say that they they can easily come back and win it. it wouldn't be, wouldn't, we've we've seen crazier things happen, right? right? I, I, like I said, like I, like I mentioned before, I just I just think that the hatred of of Canadian. Canadian teams against Canadian teams is just awesome to watch. So I hope that game, I hope that series goes seven because six is in Ottawa, I believe, right? Game six. Yeah, six is in Ottawa. So it could very well go to seven. Like easy to go. Yeah, I to watch that game too. That's yeah, that, those are those are good. You know, every time PK Subban gets the puck, they're booing him like crazy. That's all, that just to me is awesome. And that means the fans are involved and invested in watching this game and knowing who has the puck is is pretty cool. I know I've heard some people say they don't like Game Sevens in the first round, but Game Sevens in the first round is exciting. Well, game just, Seven anytime is just, exciting. It makes you want to watch the playoffs. Even more, yeah. There, there. I mean, there's so much at stake in a game seven. Like Carmen said, in any series, for the most part, you're you're living to fight another day, for the most part. And 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 to be able to watch that, and you know, hope you know. Lucky for us, we don't have to sit through that this round. Um, but those, I feel sorry for those fans that do. The yeah. fans that are on both sides of the both sides of the coin, the the, the W and the loss. It's it's yeah. gut wrenching. I mean, game seven where dreams get crushed, well, yeah, I mean, get broken. But you got you got to figure though, from like being a Canadian standpoint, it's like 
you know, there's, if you're two Canadian teams, you want to, you want to, if nothing else, if you don't win a cup, you want to be the best Canadian team, right? right like, exactly. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. Last so like, yeah, I mean, so so you figure Winnipeg is already uh, is, is already out, so that's one down. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got Calgary left. The Canucks are gone, so that's two down. So there's only three teams left. So you know, whoever's the winner of that is going to be one of two teams left. So you know, you got that pride of you know, you may not win a you may not win the Stanley Cup, but you're the best team in Canada, which is a huge accomplishment saw, just by itself. I, I saw a picture that was uh, tweeted out earlier in the week, and it was a oh, it was a picture of a of a Calgary Flames fan at a at Vancouver, uh, uh, Vancouver Canuck game. Uh, you know, obviously the two teams match up against each other, but you know, obviously to deflect some of the hatred from the Calgary f- fan, he had a sign that says, "I'm a Calgary fan. You guys are Vancouver. You you guys are Canucks fans, but we both hate the Edmonton Oilers." So, <laughs> so it was it was a it was a good thing for him. I mean, he got uh he got some pubis- pub- publicity uh, out of it, and. Uh, Deflected some of the haters that he was encountering in Vancouver, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, like I said that that rivalry of, of Canada between Canada is just awesome to see. So possibly dangerous depending on where you're at. Too. Yeah, just uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd be wearing a jersey and uh, opposing and, and actually in any stadium in the NHL, I would yeah. not be. This isn't this isn't baseball or even football no. for that matter. Other, like, hockey other, other hockey fans that. don't f around like. Other than the United Center, yeah, I'm not wearing anything anywhere. Yeah, else. no, I'll stick with the no. little polo shirt and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd even clap, but yeah. So, what else? What else was that? Was that not the? Just to quickly change gears, was that not the worst five minutes in Derrick Rose's career last night? I mean, to go from, I mean, he didn't have a particularly good game, but the way it ended and it was all on him. I mean, was that? That's got to be. I mean, That's got to fester with him really, really, really well. I mean, he had 14 points, eight turnovers is what stuck out to me. I mean, eight turnovers. The whole team, though. I mean, I, the, the the team had a game, uh, a season high for any NBA team, 28 turnovers in the game in a playoff game. You cannot expect to win, you know, you cannot expect to win a playoff game with, with, ha- with having the ball turned over 28 no, times. of course not. And I think Milwaukee scored 47 points off of their... Twenty-eight turnovers. See, twenty-eight turnovers but, against the against the Bucks, and they were still in yeah. it to win it. But yeah, you go you go twenty-eight turnovers against the Cavaliers, and you're down forty. No, oh, I mean it's not even close. Yeah, it's it's not a game. I mean that's I think that's a, it was probably I mean, as much as Thibs wanted to win that game, he was probably like, "Thank you, Jesus, we lost, and we lost, and we had twenty-eight turnovers because now I can drill these guys in practice and make sure they understand. Listen, this is for real. A team like Milwaukee, which we know we're better than." Can come and win a game because you guys decide to give them the ball twenty eight yeah. times. I mean, if you don't have a coaching point right there, and, and the fact that they had twenty eight turnovers and lost the game, and you know what the the scary thing there's was, there's nothing to fix. A lot of those turnovers, Milwaukee couldn't convert. I mean, they did score forty seven points off those turnovers, but they could have scored easily scored sixty points off of those turnovers. I mean, they missed a bunch of layups, a bunch of tra- uh, transition buckets. Uh, and it was just, it, it was bad. It was a slop fest. I mean, that's but, why it goes back to, they play a better team. I mean, obviously they're going to, you know, they're going to advance. They're going to play Cleveland and, and you turn, turn it over 28 times against them. You said, they're going to be down 40, 50 points. Yeah. It, it, they'd be, be mopping them up quick. on the floor. It'll yeah. be ugly quick. But you know, like, like, like we mentioned, uh, previously the bulls, the bulls played down to their competitors. So, you know, the bucks, the bucks aren't a good team. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that they actually, that it's an unfortunate Thing that the Bulls lost yesterday, but I think it's going to be, it, like Carmen said, it's going to be I a wake up a, call. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you would hope so. You could tell. You could no, tell. I, I think so. I think it was a wake up call for everybody 
top 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 to bottom. I mean, Derrick Rose especially because he he was coming off of playing those first couple games where he was he was looking really really good and full of confidence. And to have that happen to him with the fact of him having the ball with the last shot, turning it over, and then somehow falling asleep on defense and letting the guy make a quick lap. I mean, that's gonna he, that's gonna fester in him. And I I, I I pity for Milwaukee coming out of the coming into this next game at the United Center with Derrick Rose just absolutely fuming from the game before. Because if somehow if Milwaukee somehow pulls off another game, I mean, does it get scary? No, I I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't. He just, he just said they play down to their competition. I said that's my thing. As a championship team, you're supposed to demolish the, the people who are just not good. You know what I mean? Like you're walking. Look at what Cleveland just did to, to Boston. Rolled right through them. I mean. As much as I want to see the Bulls and advance and, and go on to win a championship, it scares me when they play like that. It really does because I mean they're playing down to the competition at this Wait, point. Could you in say time, could you say that again? I want to see the Bulls win a championship. Why not? <laughs> no. I'd rather see them than Cleveland win. One, to be yeah, honest with you, if I had to pick somebody, I mean yeah. my my lowly Lakers are in basketball hell right now. So I mean I don't care about them the at this purgatory. point. Purgatory, right? They're, they're not coming out for a while either. Six so. years. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the Cubs rebuilding plan. Yeah, that's but that, that's that's the thing though is you, you know it's it's I, I, being a Bulls fan. I'm really optimistic by what happened yesterday because it was you know I mean you can't you 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 can't expect to win many games giving up that many. I mean they had what twelve turnovers in the first five minutes of the game. I mean it was I mean it was but they weren't like it was what Milwaukee was doing to them defensively. It was well, Milwaukee was playing really aggressive defense. They, they were. I, but, I will give you that. But, but they, uh, they were just un, un, unforced. Like, a lot yeah, of them. I'm gonna, yeah, they I'm, were going to pass the ball. Nobody's there. Like those were, kind of turnovers. Like like they had never they were, played together. Before. Yeah, they were pre- they were pressing. They were they were, they were pressing and, and playing too fast for themselves. I believe. And yeah, like Carmen said, they weren't. Milwaukee wasn't doing anything special out there defensively. Like they weren't completely shutting down anybody. It was just a lot of unforced errors. You know? Well, you, you did notice though that what they did, what I did pick up on in the game yesterday was they they kind of got a little slightly a blueprint on how to at least slow down the Chicago Bulls because it's like if you watch that one play where Derrick Rose would always go and he he drive he drive the lane but be like via baseline and then he always passes out of that to like like Pogasol at the top of the key. Where if you noticed in yesterday's game, they were jumping those lines and stealing a lot of those passes. And I mean, if Milwaukee's able to catch up on that, you don't think Cleveland and LeBron, with being a free safety in the middle there, is going to be he's going to be living and dunking constantly on that. Like you eat that up. They bet they got to clean. They got a lot to clean up. And I mean, thank God that they got they got this warm up with Milwaukee because I'm not really fearing the fact that they're going to lose. But you know. You know, knowing that you know the, the Bulls, you know, because the Bulls sort of, you know, once they get rolling, they kind of get this arrogance about them, like we're good, we know we're good, we can win. And it's like they haven't won anything, they haven't proved anything. They need to prove it every single time they go out there. And twenty-eight turnovers is not going to get it done. It's just not. I mean, they're they're they got lucky they lost by two points. It should have been twenty. I mean, I do think the Bulls will come out tomorrow and they'll probably lay the smackdown on the Bucks. They'll take. Care they have of no choice. No, they have to exactly. They'll take care of business. And like you said, I'm hoping it is a wake-up call for them because they will be in trouble with anyone else. And, I mean, they'll get it done. To me, I, I personally feel it's not going to happen again. It'll just It's one of those games I think the Bulls came out a little overexcited and they were like, all right, let's just let's, – they took them a little lightly. They're going to end this team season. Let's send them home and let's go take care of our business. And they got a little little crazy, a little sloppy, and 28 turnovers later, you're losing the game. It was a bad game. I mean, the Bulls – it was kind of actually surprising how many Milwaukee fans were there considering – that Bulls fans normally in the regular season travel really well. So it was kind of surprising to see. And there, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of Bulls fans there, but 
uh, the Brantley Center was rocking, uh, and and with a lot of a lot of uh, chance for fear of the deer, which is that's got to be a first time I ever heard the Brantley Center was rocking. It, it was. I, mean, yeah, I, did, I heard reports from Chicago reporters saying that the game three and four were both really really rowdy crowds, being based on the fact that you know there was a pretty close. It's like a sixty forty mix of bulls to. Bulls to Milwaukee fans. So it was like every time Milwaukee would do something, Milwaukee fans would cheer. Then every time the Bulls would do something, Bulls fans would try and cheer louder. Like it was this whole little yin and yang of the whole thing that just made for a really cool environment. And they said that they, they, a lot of the Bulls players even accredited the crowd in game three to how the Bulls came back. Cause I mean, they were down big in game three in the first half and they were able to claw back based on the crowd, getting the energy from the crowd. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing to be a, be a Bulls player. And you know, know that like you kind of sort of have a a, a, a a little away section, yeah, for you. yeah. You have like a like a little home hometown feel to an away game. I mean, even even I think Mike Dunleavy, who played for Milwaukee, had said like he used to hate playing the Bulls because he his, knew, yeah, his dad coached Milwaukee too, so yeah, he knew that like he'd go into the game and there'd be there'd be almost as many Bulls fans as Bucks fans. That he used to, he, used to, he used to despise that game because it's like he's almost embarrassed because there's more red in the crowd than green or, or any other bogus color that Milwaukee has that were like now it's like oh he loves it because you know he knows that that, that their fans you know are going to travel up there and they're going to be vocal and they're going to be into that game and if they can feed off of it on the road it's a series down I-94 man we can all get there I mean there's no doubt about it though I don't think the Bulls are worried about any Milwaukee fans coming to the madhouse on Madison no <laughs> well I mean considering I was looking to buy tickets because I'm like okay well I was, was working not too far from the Bradley Center I was like well let's see how, many, how much are tickets to go to Milwaukee they got to be cheaper than going to the United Center and like I think at lower level United Center seats like Around two to two fifty a ticket right. for the face value. If you can get them at face value, where I was able to find Milwaukee Bucks, uh, you know, uh, lower level seats for hundred hundred bucks, hundred twenty five bucks. I mean, free. yeah, but a hundred dollar difference in, <laughs> a, a bucks in an hour drive. I mean, if you want to go see a game and make the make the hour drive, especially like like yesterday, it was a rainy, you know, kind of kind of you know depressing day. Like, why not go to, up up to Milwaukee and root on our team for half the price? Yeah, why not? But uh, should we uh, change change gears and go with a little? A little kick in the head? What do you guys think? Ain't that a kick in the head? All right, here we go. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those guys were fast as lightning. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? Damn, I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The donkey, the donkey <laughs> has made his uh, way back. I love that. Pow! Yeah. So who wants who wants to go first? Who's who's got the most the mo- most venomous kick in the head? Who who? I guess mine strikes home a little bit. Um, you know, yesterday when uh, after Darling was pulled after those those three goals, I loved how how quick Chicago fans were so quick to cheer Corey Crawford. Yet right before that, the week of, I mean, they were sending them death threats and. We don't need Corey Crawford, and oh, we should just stick with Scott Darling. Like, you know what? Appreciate what you got, man. Like, support our, our, our sports guys, no matter what. We're all gonna have some downtimes. Obviously, not everyone's gonna be great all the time, other than Michael Jordan. And uh, you know, just take it easy, Blackhawks fans. Take it easy. Yeah, I'm. All, I'm always just like, and stupid is stupid does sir. I'm almost embarrassed, you know, sometimes when people like, you know, like, like even not to reference the Cubs in this, but you know, like the whole, like the first, first game that Chris Bryant played in, you know, after all the hype of Chris Bryant, he goes in and he strikes out three times. And they're, they're, they're chanting, you suck, you suck. It's like, come on, come on. Show this, show, show that the, the city of Chicago is, is classier than that and more intelligent than that. Cause I mean, 
you're going you, at least better than Philadelphia. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you got Corey Corey Crawford sitting on a bench. Who, who he, you know, he played, you know, he played what what he did, and you know, he, he's back now. I mean, no, neither of those guys suck. They're both trying to win. Like, right. I don't, I don't get that, but. Whatever, I guess that's you know that's a good kick in the head. The one I the one I've got is uh, I don't know if anybody caught the Brooklyn the Brooklyn uh, the Brooklyn game where Brooklyn Atlanta where where you know Brooklyn Brooklyn's down two games to Atlanta going home which you know you go, you still got life it's your first game at home you can you can you know if you get some juice back in your legs. yeah if you if you you know if you only win at home you, you're taking it to a game seven and they go home and there looked like there was a quarter of the crowd there I mean it was it was pitifully embarrassing i mean new york being the largest market in the country brooklyn being brooklyn and there ain't nobody in the seats i think the people i think the people that were in the seats were the staff from the stadium i was just gonna say i think part of those people were just people selling hot dogs yeah stuff. i mean, I mean this, break, is NBA, this is an nba playoff game i mean yeah your team i mean brooklyn's not going anywhere but brooklyn hasn't been that far out of any atlanta games they didn't get blown out from what i remember like Go in. You, you can be the difference in the series. Like you, you hold your home court and you scream your your, your butt off. You know who knows? Maybe your team. I mean, look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn won yesterday. I mean, there was nobody there. I think if they showed up and had a pack pack in through this crowd, I mean, who knows what could happen? It could, it could be going back to it could be going back to Atlanta, and it's all even two two. Which so, is a brand new series after that, man. Yeah. So that's that, so for that, that's my kick in the head. All right, I'm going to stay along the same uh, the same path uh, as a, you know this, this these NBA series, and I'm going to go with what happened earlier uh, earlier this af- this afternoon in the Boston uh, the Boston Cleveland series. Um, it all pretty much started when uh, Kelly Olnick tried to rip off Kevin Love's uh, arm or shoulder, <laughs> and uh, we were joking earlier about it. That just the Kevin Love's reaction to it was kind of funny. He just he he just you know the play happened. Uh, their arms got tangled up, and Kelly Olnick tried to turn one way while he had Kevin Love's uh, arm and or shoulder uh, in his grasp, and it kind of didn't look good. I'm uh, supposedly now we heard that Ke- uh, Kevin Love uh, separated his shoulder, uh, dislocated his shoulder, um, and was out for the rest of the game, but. For the most part, Kevin Love just ran, after the play happened, he just continuously ran straight to the <laughs> straight straight to the tunnel and in, into the locker room without you know any hesitation or stopping in his movement. But then after that, what happened was was crazy. I mean, the play itself that ha- that originally started, I, we don't know. Obviously, we don't know uh, if this was related. If it, this was Cleveland's way of getting back for for, for hurting uh, for hurting Kevin Love, but. You know, uh, LeBron had the ball, uh, you know, near the midcourt line, and uh, Kendrick Perkins had just entered the game. Uh, he went up to set a screen for LeBron, and uh, Kendrick Perkins' attempt at setting a screen was merely just a thug shove right to Jay Crowder, put him right on his butt, and um, and you know, obviously there's there was a little melee ensued after that. And then later on in the fourth quarter, the game, for the most part, Cleveland was controlling it the whole time. I mean, they were up by, you know, 12, 15 points for the most part, a large part of the game. And uh, J.R. Smith was trying to box out the same guy, Jay Crowder. And uh, he literally just took his his right arm and just swung it behind him and cold cock him right in the face. I mean, it just wasn't a good look. Uh, J.R. Smith got ejected. The crazy thing was with the whole situation is that, you know, Kendrick Perkins, you, there was no mistaking it. That was not a screen. The guy just went up to push the guy down. And uh, he only got a flagrant file. He should have been injected as well uh, prior to that. But, you know, what kind of Bush League stuff is Cleveland trying to do, you know? 
They're, they they could essentially, you know, Cleveland wound up winning the game, sweeping the Boston Celtics out of the playoffs. But, you know, he, they put one of their key one of their key cogs to their puzzle, one of their 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 starting five, J.R. Smith, in a, in a position where he's going to get suspended. And I'm sure he's going to get suspended for at least a game because there was no doubt about it. He looked to just punch Jay Crowd right in the face. Nothing but ill intent on his part. Yeah, man. he tried to make it. He tried to mask it like he was boxing out for a rebound when you knew what he was doing. Yeah, but it was kind of funny. Not that I'm, not that I'm saying that what he did was funny or, or anything like that, but at least one time there was an NBA punch thrown where it wasn't just like a total sissy slap. I mean, at least somebody had looked like looked like J.R. Smith's thrown a punch before and he's landed a punch before. So I was just happy to see like all right, they weren't. It wasn't like what was a Shaq and Shaq and uh, who, who was the guy in the Bulls? Uh, Brad, Brad Miller. Miller. I was yeah, like, that game. Yeah, like I mean, it wasn't like that fight. Like where neither of them could hit a broadside of a barn with a punch. It was you know that was an illegitimate punch and it landed. Yeah, Shaq I was did like just, a skyhook punch. That yeah, I was just like, how do you get to that be that big and never like get into a fight or what? So I was just happy to see that. But I, mean, uh, I think that's the problem. Him being that big, no one wants to fight. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. You're going to go to the next guy if you want to pick a fight. Right. But, uh. So, uh. Me too. The cool dude in the podcasting world. The JCC Show. I guess that was our little segue there. <laughs> yes, Impromptu segue. But uh, we're just going to continue on with uh, talking about the NBA playoffs and, you know, what's happened. We've already, for the most part, covered what the Bulls are doing and have done and, uh, you know, our. our our uh, projections for where where it's going to go from here, but let's just touch base a little bit on the rest of the series and and what our playoff predictions, how they're shaken down so far uh, in this uh, 2015 NBA playoffs. Um, you know, we could stay on the same side of the bracket, and like we mentioned earlier, uh, Cleveland has already swept out the Boston Celtics. Uh, you know, which is in the same uh, same side of the bracket as the Chicago Bulls. So you know the Bulls need to win Monday to uh, to to get that playoff matchup uh, that everybody, including the commissioner Adam Silver, has been licking their chops at. There, there's who doesn't want to see that? I yeah. mean, that's gonna be must watch TV. If it, I mean, I think I, what I read from almost every single NBA columnist of series that you're most looking forward to happening it was Bulls Cavs. I mean, just the one of the very few rivalries, and it's not necessarily Cavaliers. I mean, it is with the Bulls, but it's more of a LeBron James thing. And, you know, they already had a rivalry, a rivalry back back in the 90s with the Cavaliers, and now you add LeBron James to those Cavaliers, and it's like an uber rivalry. Where, you know, going into it, everybody, that's the, that's the, that's the matchup that everybody wanted to see just because it's the one, one matchup that's true hatred for each other. Like, I'm, Chicago doesn't like Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't like Chicago, and that's... That 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 is to me is refreshing to see. It kind of almost brings it back to the golden age of the NBA, where people teams hated each other, and you know the bad boys, the the Pistons, all that kind of stuff. Where there was no nice, there was no shaking hands, there was no laughing. It was like let's beat each other up, and hopefully we win the game. Yeah, I, I personally I'm excited about this series. I mean, it's obviously what we called. I mean, we all knew this was coming, and to me, this is going to be probably the most exciting playoff matchup of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It's going to come down to seven games. Who knows what it's going to I mean, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. It's going to be good, man. Well, I mean, this is, yeah, this is, this is basically. You you, you, you think of Cleveland, Chicago. I remember like Jordan over Elo to win the game. You know what I mean? Things like that stick out in my mind. And this is, I mean, in my mind, and I bet you in a lot of people's minds, this is the Eastern Conference Finals right now because whoever wins that series is probably going to roll over Atlanta. I mean, maybe not roll over them, but they're going to, they're going to get through that series out of this bracket and, you know, so this is basically the, the, the who's going to represent the East in the in the finals, Cleveland or Chicago. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just because I'm anti. Don't believe in, in anything Atlanta in basketball, but you know, that's just that's just how I look at it. It's, this is this is this is the Eastern Conference Finals right now for both these teams. 
All right, yeah. So we got um, we got the you know Cavaliers winning. We got the Bulls hopefully winning. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves here uh, with you know the Bulls and the Cavs. But uh, you know, obviously the Bulls have to get it done on the court on Monday. Uh, you know, protect their home court and advance into the into the semifinals or yeah semifinals of the of the playoffs. Um, and then we also have the. Very, very surprising Washington Wizards up 3-0 over the Toronto Raptors. And I could say that I am actually going to eat my words. And, uh, yeah, look who's at, surprised? Look, wait, we got, look, we got, we got, wait, we got to preface it. Who's surprised by this? I am. I, I am completely shocked on how much Washington is completely. I, I, I thought it was going to be a lot closer series than this. Uh, Washington's just slapping them around. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought, for the most part, I thought that Toronto has a better roster and they're better suited, um, for this matchup. But, you know, Kyle Lowry, for the most part, he's on a milk box somewhere. He has been completely ineffective. He hasn't done much, if all, at anything in this Not series. Not his paycheck, no doubt about it. And, you know, I think I was watching, uh, I think it was game two. No, it was maybe game three of the series when DeMar DeRozan in the first quarter, uh, he he dropped. I think it was. I think it was the first quarter. First quarter or first half. He dropped. It was first quarter. He dropped twenty points in the first quarter, and I'm just like, this is a recipe for disaster because he dropped twenty points, and I think the Toronto Raptors were only up by four at the end of the first. I think it was like thirty four or thirty six, thirty six to thirty two. Uh, Toronto after one, and I just like you know this is he he's basically you know giving it blowing blowing his his. Uh, uh, you know his best ga- his best part of the game in the beginning of the game. I mean, you need you need to save some of these points for the end, right. and uh, he just faded at the end. I mean, he was just for for most part he was forcing up shots in the fourth quarter, and I mean you could just tell how tired he was from exerting all that energy, scoring all those points in the beginning of the game, and then he was just shooting air balls uh, down the down the stretch, down the home, the, you know the 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 end of the fourth quarter. You know, when his team needed him the most, he had nothing left to give because for the most part, he had to keep them afloat for so long, you know, uh, scoring all those points. And like I said, Kyle Lowry is just, he's, he, you know, if DeMar DeRozan is Batman, Kyle Lowry is obviously Robin. You know, they're, he's, he's the, he, he's part of that one-two punch that, that Toronto has been so successful at the, you know, their, their whole, uh, regular season. And he's just been so ineffective. He's been pretty much out of this whole entire series. And, uh, Washington has just put a stranglehold on this. And it, like I said, it's been real surprising because Toronto scores a lot of points and, and they have, Washington's kept them, you know, in, in the, in the high, high to mid eighties and, and, and low nineties, uh, scoring points, uh, for this series. It's just, you know, it's like I said, it's been surprising to me. I didn't think Washington had this in them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not surprised at all. I, I just think that Washington's built for the playoffs. And, you know, I was a little down on them, you know, because they looked pretty terrible in the regular, about the second half of the regular season. But you knew that eventually, that, I mean, that backcourt's way too good and that their front court's way too good to, to, to be not successful in the playoffs. I mean, like I said, like I said all along, I'm like the two teams that I fear the most are Cleveland and Washington, and it's still holding true because I mean, look at what Washington's doing to Toronto, and Toronto's a pretty good team. I think what Washington's doing is in order to have success, actually, uh, Nene has been sitting on a bench. Paul Pierce has been playing the four, and Toronto can't cover that. I mean, he, obviously, his ability to hit hit and knock down outside shots and three pointers is has been too much for what Toronto. You know Toronto can handle, and uh, I think that's been the difference in the series. To be honest with you, 
I mean, me personally, man, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm surprised that Washington's winning the series. I think they're very capable of winning it. But to be up 3-0, I think, is what surprised me. I'm with you on that, Christopher, as far as like... It just I like, thought it would have been a fight, yeah. Yeah, to me, I thought it was going to be the best series of the opening round in the, in the Eastern Conference. I thought right. it would be the one that goes seven. Granted, I mean, nothing take, not taking anything. It could still go that We don't know, but... Yeah. From the looks, from what's pointing to us, no, they're done. You know what I mean? It seems like Toronto just laid down and, and dropped, a, dropped a stinker, man. You know what I mean? They just, they look bad. Other than that one Gravis Vasquez shot where he did a little shimmy shake, they haven't looked good. They haven't looked good at all. That's Josh's know? guy. <laughs> Gravis Vasquez. Yeah, I just, I, I assume more of a, I assume more of a home court advantage for Toronto just with the, with the amount of fan and the, the electricity that they have in the, their building with We the North and passing around the banner and the people outside. I just thought that they would have been able to bring it. And I mean, to get swept at home, uh, 2 the first two games is just that was more of a shock to me than anything else. I mean, I, I thought Washington would beat would beat Toronto, but I didn't think in this manner this easily. And that's more surprising to me more than anything else, just how they've done it. I mean. You know who 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 would have thought they would have been up three zero? I, I wouldn't have. I mean, in that was, I was picking Washington. I wouldn't have thought three zero. I, I didn't think so. So I don't think any sports writer in this world would have that three zero. Well, maybe maybe from Washington, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got. Uh, we also have uh, Atlanta against Brooklyn. We mentioned before that uh, Atlanta <sighs> was up two zero. Brooklyn <laughs> went to Brooklyn. No fans there. Nobody to cheer for them, and they still wound up winning a game, um, which is I thought it was pretty surprising. But uh, Brooke Lopez had a monster game for them. I think he had uh, somewhere around 22 points, and I, I want to say 17 rebounds. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, you know, he, he's he's definitely a bright spot for the Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, you know, for these last couple of games that he will be in a Brooklyn uniform, um, you know, it's it's it, it's 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 not good for the NBA, I think, to have this team be so bad. Uh, only because of you know the 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 region and 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 the hype that's around normally the Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, and everything that goes on with that. But um, I think I think that Tabo Cephalosha injury honestly has been a big part of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, not getting through getting up three zero in this series because. He, for the most part, I mean, we know as Chicago fans, I mean, he was on the Bulls for uh, you know uh, a countless amount of years, but. What what Tabo Cephalosha does for them is he sets the tone on defense, and uh, and him not being there kind of throws throws them off a little bit, and and what they do and what they're able to do on defense, uh, you know, and and, and like we know, uh, you know, for the most part the Bulls have been this way for for the majority of the Tom Thibodeau era until until this past season, but you know, defense turns into offense, and that's a big key of what Atlanta does. You know, they turn their defense into transition points and, and, and transition opportunities, you know, to score on offense. Uh, and, and what Tabo does for them, he's pretty much the anchor of their defense, uh, I believe. And, and you know, obviously he's out for the rest of this the, this season and the playoffs. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a big blow for Atlanta, you know, and especially moving on. I definitely still see Atlanta moving forward past Brooklyn, but... You know they're going to definitely struggle with with the Washington Wizards if you know if at all get past them. It's going to be it's going to be a, a stretch for them, I believe. So yeah, just to just to go back to what, what you were saying, uh, Brook Lopez had twenty two points and thirteen rebounds. Thirteen, yeah, and it was it's still yeah. If you, if you were to if you were to say hey, you want Joakim Noah or Pau Gasol to have those satin lines, I'd be like yes, please. Yeah, he had the highest plus minus on the team at plus eighteen. Yeah, when on the court, so yeah, he was definitely a big reason for why they won. 
And I mean, I, I think going forward, if, if you if Atlanta's looking past Brooklyn, I think that where Atlanta, which I said before, where they're going to set, where, where they're going to, where they're going to give up the most and, and, and be vulnerable is their rebounding and their interior rebounding. And, you know, going up against Washington, that's kind of a big deal because, you know, they got two, they got some, some big beef in the middle and, you know, guys that, that like to rebound and Atlanta not having the lack thereof rebounding is going to hurt them. I think it's going to, it's going to be even more and more exposed the farther they get along. Cause I mean, you know, Brooklyn's not a very good team. I mean, they were both, I don't know. Like, I don't know about that because Atlanta has a good front court. I mean, they have Al Horford, they have they do, uh, but neither, Paul Millsap. But neither of them are really strong rebounders. Al Horford is a good rebounder. He's, he won and one out of one out of three though. You know, I mean, yeah. if, Horford if, is their best rebounder. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at it, they're, they're definitely their weakest link in Atlanta's team is the rebounding. I mean, that that that's by far their weakest. I mean, they got a really good scoring team. They got a really balanced offense. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, assists are high and scoring's high and all that stuff. But they're they're the rebounding, offensive and defensive rebounding is really really bad. And I mean, to be that good with that horrible rebounding, it just means you're really efficient offensively, which they were in the regular season. Where you know, come playoff time, when the game slows down, it's a lot more physical. Rebounding is be more and more crucial because you're going to miss shots. That's inevitable. You got to be able to rebound those shots. If you can't rebound them, you're not going to be very successful. Not in the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's key. it. I mean, rebounding it's, is key, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, and that's like I said, that's going to be the Achilles' heel of Atlanta. It's going to be the rebounding. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's why. I mean, that's why I was talking so much against Atlanta, just because I know it's going to eventually bite them in the bite them in the. You know what? Because you know, if you can't rebound, you're not going to win. It's just like it's just it's the same Achilles' heel of, of turnovers. I mean, you, you turn over the ball, you're going to lose. If you can't rebound, you're going to lose. So. Look, 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 look for that when you're watching their games and, and see how they can't not rebound. So, so yeah, the uh, the uh, unfortunately the inevitable happened in the Western Conference where uh, the Golden State Warriors swept out the New Orleans Pelicans four uh, zero. I mean, I guess we all saw that coming. I mean, it sucks. And it, you know, it I, sucks for like for the most Davis. part. For the most part, I I I I've, I kind of called it. I mean, up until Game Four. Um, those first three games of the series were close nail biters. I mean, there was an epic comeback by uh, Golden State in Game Three. You know, they're down by I think. Uh, Listen, the problem with Game Three was the fact that they gave they gave they gave Curry two shots to tie in the game. <laughs> they gave him one. They went, went they walk away winning that game by three. They gave him two they to should, that guy. Actually, they should have lost. The Pelicans should have lost that game in regulation because Anthony Davis plowed over Stephen Curry. You know when he hit that game when the game time three. Yeah, there was a foul on it. He plowed through it and should have been a should have been an and one. And you know, like, like everybody knows, Steph Curry he's he's a shooter. So giving him a free throw at the to win the game is. Is not a good recipe for that. No, so, so they definitely they were definitely lucky to get to overtime, and then obviously eventually lose that game. Um, you know, but the, and then game four. Yeah, but who, who's luckier though? In the fact of the referees not calling a foul for an M one and a four point play to go up one, or the fact that 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 Draymond Green rebounds that ball and gets it back to Curry for another shot and he hits the second one. I mean, what's more, what's more lucky, the fact that he had two cracks at a t- game tying three pointer, or the fact that he didn't get fouled and he, they could have lost the game in regulation. I mean, it goes both ways. Is yeah, all it does. You're right. I mean, you're right. Because Golden State got lucky, and, and 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 New Orleans got lucky. And I mean, the only silver lining to my Anthony Davis love is the fact that all great players go through playoff, you know, defeats and playoff disappointment. And that's just the stepping stone of becoming a great player, which I think he will be. I mean, he's got something positive to look at. I guess I heard a report today. He uh, they're looking to offer him five years, 140 million. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's some pretty max, good. Max extension there. Oh, yeah. That's that's nice. He's not coming home, I guess, with that kind of money. No. Why would he? You blame him? Well, that, yeah. You know, that, that whole, the whole thing with, you know, athletes and, you know, you can make more money in New York or Chicago or L.A. or a major market where it's not necessarily the case now with the Internet. And I mean, just look at Kevin Durant. He's got the second highest shoe sales and second highest merchant, merchandise sale, and he's in Oklahoma City. Like... Being in a major market doesn't really mean anything. If you're that good, it's gonna it's gonna transcend all that other stuff, and you, you're gonna be on the billboards in Times Square. Whether you whether you're you play everyone's in, attention, yeah, whether you play in New York or you play in Milwaukee, I mean, yeah, you know, you're good, you're good. Hold, what's, on, hold on, hold on, Milwaukee. Well, hold on. Well, I mean, well, but, well, 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 you even look what uh, you know, Gatorade released a commercial for Jabari Parker, and he only yeah. played what how many games of the season? Probably around twenty games. Well, he played a little more than that. He played a little more than that. I think he played halfway through, didn't he? I, no, I think he played half of the first half. Yeah. I think that's what Something he played. Like so, so if you figure 41 and a half, say 20 games, he had yeah, I mean, games. He had his own Gatorade commercial. Yeah, that was like a, that was like a Michael Jordan-esque Gatorade <laughs> commercial. Like that wasn't like, hey, we're going to throw this together and just throw it out there. It was like a well thought out, like they believe he's going to be that good. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think it matters if you're that, if you're a special talent, which I'm not saying Jabari Parker is, but he's, he's, he's going to be a good player. But if you're that special of a talent, it doesn't matter where you're playing. You can be in playing South Cambodia. I mean, it don't matter. They're going to market you no and matter what. Just t- just touching on what you said, Carm, uh, KD shoe sales, it's kind of crazy because, you know, I, I, I play recreational basketball, and you, for the most part, you do not see anybody wearing LeBrons. For the most part, it's either some kind of generic Adidas, you know, Adidas basketball shoes, or KDs. That's it. I mean, nobody else, you hardly ever see anybody wearing LeBrons, and, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but do you think that, that that's just because of the area that we're in being Chicago and the hatred for LeBron that, you know, like for me, example, I'm, I'm probably number one. I would, if it wasn't LeBron James's gym shoe, you take that and stamp any other player in the NBA and stamp on that shoe, I would probably buy that shoe because I think that shoe looks, one, it looks really nice, and it looks like it's a really good basketball shoe. And I haven't bought it, and I've bought gym shoes since then, and I still refuse to buy those shoes. Even though I like them a lot, I refuse to buy them because of who's printed on the gym shoe. So <laughs> that could be a skewed statistic, and at least where we're at, because, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, because LeBron has the number one selling gym shoe, so it's not that nobody's buying them. It's just maybe not here. Right, correct. I mean, is Katie still with Nike? Yeah, yeah. Because remember, at one point, I think Under Armour was yeah Under Armour. Yeah, right? which I think it was some sort of ploy by their, their his marketing team of like, hey, how can we get more money out of Nike? And so, Nike matched that off. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Under Armour said what some crazy deal like two forty or something. I think he wound up getting like two seventy with Nike. I think that, yeah, the Under Armour deal was complete. Was rumored to be around three hundred fifty mil. Oh, God. To, Jesus Christ. To, 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 to swap companies. Just think about that, though. Like, how many gym shoes do you have to sell as your as a company? How many gym shoes do you have to sell to, to validate spending that kind of money on a player? I mean... Which, in Nike's case, is, is possible. Change, yeah. It's nothing to them. Obviously. Yeah, but still, but still, I mean, you're, you're still... I mean, that's you're, you're talking, like, say, a quarter of a billion dollars. How many gym shoes at 100 and, say, 150, 160 bucks do you have to sell a lot, to make a profit? I mean, a you, you, you're paying you're paying that quarter of well, a billion Carm, you, dollars. You look, you look, they sell... They, I mean, the new LeBrons, when they come out, are, like, around 200 bucks. Yeah, so which is ridiculous. The, the, high, the, high, the high-profile players, their gym shoes are around 200 bucks. The Kobe's, the LeBrons, the, the KD's. Yeah, but still, he has I mean, the regular full... Uh, the full the full shoe, not the low top. They're around two hundred bucks. Those shoes probably cost them probably like ten bucks to make. If that, if that, if that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I guess, I guess, but it's just, I, I mean, it's know, all just, it's all in the marketing. I mean, the money's probably dropped more in marketing yeah, you're, than, you're, than in the shoes. You're, so. pro- you're probably one hundred percent right in that. It's just like it's just mind baffling to me that they're spending this kind of money on these guys to wear these gym shoes when they probably wear them. 
by themselves without being paid because it's like you got to wear gym shoes. You got to pick the best ones. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, stamp their name on it, may give them a little bit of. I mean, because you know, Derrick Rose is designing his Adidas. I mean, he may he may have some input on what they I look think like. La- I think these last ones he might have because uh, they're ugly or what? No, I, I, <laughs> I, I've got a pair of them, and the ankles are like. They're like plastic hun- handcuffs on your well, on your feet. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I, I think he's like, yeah, I need some help with this. Stability, yeah, he this gives stability like, he, thing. like, hey, I like this kind of leather. I like this, or you know, throw this on. But he's not designing the overall shoe itself. I mean, he's just giving a little bit of influence on colors and certain things like that. Like, hey, I want some more ankle support because you know whatever. But he's not going. So you know, it, 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 I don't know. I just. Yeah, I just I'm baffled. I mean, the only person that to me is worth signing to a billion dollar contract to be Michael Jordan just because he hasn't played for what ten years and he's still the he's number still one. Sell, he's still, selling he's still a number one shoes. Games. Yeah, he's still sell, yeah he, he can go and take shoes that were made twenty five years ago and sell them and they're the hottest shoe. I mean, and we're all lined up. To the, the, the guys, the guy's gold when it comes to marketing of anything. I mean, he can be selling you know he can be selling prepaid phone cards and they still sell out. Like it's crazy. So I mean, the thing is, people. I mean, the KDs, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, they were, I remember when they were coming out for like 130, 135 bucks. And now, like Christopher said, they're $200 a pop. And that's what, like, uh, that's what Under Armour's trying to do. They're trying to be, they're trying to take over both, uh, Nike and Adidas, uh, for, for basketball shoe sales. And, uh, they have, I mean, they, they have Steph Curry, which is like the, you know, the, the baby face assassin, the, the prodigy of, the prodigy of the NBA, you know, that's like the face of the NBA right now. How so. long before Nike comes and takes him too, though? I don't know. I don't know. He I, seems I, pretty. I mean, yeah. I, I just thought, I, when was the last time you heard somebody say, "Man, I'm gonna get the new Under Armors." Well, you, yeah, but you see them I mean, though. I see it in clothes. I see. I mean, I like the clothes. Yeah, but I, I've seen like like playing rec, rec, rec basketball. I see people wearing maybe not his shoes, but I see them wearing. I mean, because you got to look at it though. You're looking from a com- company perspective. I mean, you've got a LeBron James gym shoes, two hundred dollars, and then you've got an Under Armour gym shoe, which is how much. They're like one twenty. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a seventy dollar gap. The, I mean, for the brand new brand new Steph Curry's. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's I a that's a that's a huge gap. I mean, so yeah, I, I think I'd rather spend the one twenty than the two hundred. Yeah, unless it's a pair of Jordans. Of course. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Though. I mean, is is it's a difference is is you know is is the LeBron James gym shoe going to make you dunk instantly when you can't dunk with you know like no so is it worth it to spend an extra eighty dollars on a pair of gym shoes? I'm not gonna lie, when I first bought Jordans, I thought I was going to dunk. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. I mean, I'm not I believe right now. I believe I can fly. I mean, I'm not going to lie when I. Bought my D roses. I immediately took them to my the first church I could find and have them blessed and have my knees blessed as well <laughs> to make sure nothing happened. Well, you tear nothing, man. Yeah, right. No, but um, moving on um, in the NBA playoffs here, we got the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, Toronto or Toronto Portland Trailblazers. Uh, currently, series is up. Uh, Memphis is up three zero in the series uh, and commanding three zero lead. Uh, you know, if if there's any chance uh, for Portland to come back, I think it's going to be Game Four. Uh, just got a report that Mike Connolly is uh, suffered a serious facial injury in Game Three in the Game Three uh, win over the the Portland Trailblazers. He suffered a he suffered a, na- a nasty facial injury. But um, if he could be any, if he could channel his inner Russell Westbrook, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back out there after after game missing Game Four. Uh, you know, for for a possible game five, if Memphis can't close it out, so um, listen, listen, it doesn't matter with Mike Mike Connolly and in, in, in Memphis losing a beat. I mean, Memphis has got Rufus. 
<laughs> what, what, what more do you no, need? Kufus. Kufus. Oh, that was Rufus. <laughs> they, got, they got Kufus. I mean, what are they Mike Conley for? That guy was on fire yesterday. I mean, he was all over the place. I couldn't get over that. I just heard, ooh, Kufus. 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 I, like, I, thought, I thought it was Rufus. That's why I thought it was even more funny. It was like, the guy's name is Rufus in the NBA. I, I Costa, like, Costa like Kufus. do you even know who he is? He's like, yeah. <laughs> just, no, he had no know. idea. He had no idea. He I, don't think he, I don't think at that point he knew what his own name was. No, so. he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I just again, I just think Memphis is one of those teams that's just built for the playoffs, and you know the, 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 how they how they're constructed is just to win, to win and to win in the playoffs, the regular season or whatever. It's getting to the playoffs and making. I mean, because if you look at it, no matter what seed they are, they've 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 won series, if not two series, every every year. So I don't know. I just expect that to continue. I mean, I, I thought I thought Portland would give a little bit more of a fight with the guys that they got because they got some really skilled players, but. Memphis is just they yeah. just kept they get just kept showing that whole game as you know most mo, for the most part Memphis controlled uh game 3 um in in Portland and uh they just kept showing Wesley Matthews on the bench just looking really really sad. Did anyone <laughs> did anyone see Wesley Matthews how he came into the game yesterday? How he came to the arena? Wearing an Iron Man mask. Yeah, I did saw you guys that. see that? I, no, I was kind of cheering him on, man. Yeah, but I don't get it though, because he didn't play. Like, if he, no. he was going to play, walk in with an Iron Man, mask, that's cool. But like, right. you wear the Iron Man mask, walking off the, the bus or this car or whatever, you don't play. I mean, put a nice suit on. Yeah, like, what do you? I don't, I don't get it. Like, uh, yeah. I thought he was going to go in there. Yeah, he's in play. You know yeah, that's why I was like, okay, Iron Man. Oh, said, forget this Achilles. Tony Stark would play. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah, like, yeah. Forget. I don't really have a torn Achilles. It's not ruptured. But yeah, so I I don't know I, I yeah it's like like I said I I possibly see Portland winning uh this next one only for the fact of the whole you know that Mike Connolly is going to leave if he winds up not playing which I don't believe he will because you know the reports are that it's a serious uh, facial injury but you know hopefully he could get his uh, Batman mask out and, and or return R- to the Russell side. Westbrook mask one of the two yeah you guys remember when uh, LeBron. Had that issue and he wore the carbon fiber one and the NBA was that all up. In our I thought that mask was pretty awesome. Though. I thought it was cool. cool too. I, I mean, that it. one looks stronger than any of the rest of them. So I mean, if you got you really hurt, I mean, it's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I get their their disdain for it. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's a cool looking mask. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the ones that you see these guys playing wear, like you know, Rip Hamilton, they all have these funky clear masks. LeBron's is cool, man. If yeah. I had to wear one, I'd wear. Yeah, one. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to wear it. It's just like you see the sweat and like this. It just looks gross where the black's all hiding it all, and you look like a like a Batman or something. Right, like exactly. you look like a superhero. Yeah, so I mean, how do you guys see this uh, this series shaking out? Obviously, Memphis has a stranglehold on it, but you know, do you guys see Portland coming back at all, making this an actual series competitive? I, I don't see them making it a series. I think maybe they win tomorrow just because you know they roll, the Rose Garden is going to be amped. They're going to be going nuts. They don't want to get swept, especially on their home floor. They might win tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis just shut it out either. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing. Like, it's kind of like, look at like the Bulls in Milwaukee kind of thing where, you know, Bulls are obviously a better team and Memphis is a better team than, than Portland, but it's so hard to win on the road in the playoffs. And especially when it comes to a closeout game where a team, a city knows that their season could be over. I mean, they give it all they've got. They give it their, their haymaker of haymakers. And, you know, a lot of times that's good enough to, you know, cause the other team knows like, hey, we can either battle this one out and end it right now, or we go home and take care of business at home and, you know, whatever. So it's not like it's the end of the world for that team, especially if you're up 3-0. Exactly. You well, know, yeah, so. like, a, like, you know, like mentioned, uh, if Mike Conley's out of this game, they're going to have a tough time slowing down Damian Lillard. So, th- like I said, this is going to be a better time than ever for Portland to, to you know, show what they've got and, and, and try to make this a competitive series and maybe uh, win a game on their home court. Because, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, Mike Connolly, as 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 people you know 
don't really know him for. But, you know, Memphis is a good defensive team, and Mike Conley is a big part of that. I mean, he could slow down opposing point guards, uh, you know, just as, just, as, just as good as, you know, say, you know, as the best defensive point guards in the league. so Most underrated point guard in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if not, he's probably the best defensive point guard that there is. Um, actually, you know, starting a starting point guard in the NBA, he's probably one of the best. I mean, maybe Avery Bradley from Boston. But uh, other than that, you know, there's there, there's not much better than him as far as, uh, you know, stopping opposing point guards. And <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I mean... Again, I mean, it all goes back to, is he going to play? If he plays, they win. If he doesn't, I don't think there's too much emphasis on him. Like, you know what, let's, just, let's get you healthy, let's get you right, let's get you home, and we'll finish it off at home. Right. So do you guys think, uh, you guys, did you guys, any of you guys see this, this Rockets-Mavs series unfolding I'm like little, it has? I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, Carmen and I both had our X factors. Uh, I had, I had Rajon Rondo as being my X factor for, uh, Dallas to, to possibly, you know, make this a series and possibly win it. And Carmen had Chandler Parsons as his X factor. And both of them, boom, out for the rest of the season, uh, out for the, obviously this series and, and, and whatever Memphis, uh, Dallas could do after this. But, James Harden has been so good in this series. I mean, he is just yeah. he is just the man of every tool for the most part. I mean, he has done everything for this team. Scoring, passing, rebounding, you know, it's it's just it's yeah, crazy. He's he sort of transformed his game. I mean, he's not don't get me wrong, he's still shooting a lot, but he's not as drastic as it has been where the balls I mean, he's getting other guys involved. I mean, look at his assist total. He's got a high assist total, he's got rebounding. I mean, he's doing more than just scoring, which is I mean, that's the question is, is I mean, how at what point do, does the MVP balloting go in, and, and is it just a matter of the votes are already in, and they're waiting to just announce it, or are they still, uh, you know, they still counting votes where you know these the, this performance of playoffs? Because I mean, that would sort of change my opinion of him a little bit with you know maybe putting him second, maybe having a closer race with 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 Curry that you know if you're able to vote, seeing how they're performing in the playoffs or not. Well, I mean, both. I mean, how? If anything, they're gonna be they're gonna be screwed even more because Steph Curry's playing lights out in the playoffs. I mean, he dropped thirty eight in in their game four clinching win, and then uh, James Harden in game three uh, hit a step back game winner. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> so how, yeah. How, how how could how, you know? It's, you think you think it could be a co co MVPs? Have they ever done that? I don't think that's ever happened. Honestly, I mean, could they though? I mean, if you it's the first it, time for everything, so why? Yeah, not? and this. I mean, if if you're not, I mean, you could legitimately make a, a, a legitimate argument for both those guys. I mean, both of them kind of deserve it at this point. I mean, they're both have carried their teams to where they're at right now. And I mean, if you're gonna do it, now's the year because if Houston wins tonight, then you got. I mean, you gotta have co MVPs, maybe right? I mean, they both swept out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. What's, as much as they say, though, that the MVP is a is a regular season award, so technically the playoffs shouldn't have any effect on this. Yeah, but it's it's not necessarily though. It's not necessarily a playoff. It's just now I'm getting a, more of a chance to see them play. You know, both of them have played, so like you know, I don't. Well, right, stay but up. most of the people who have the 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 chance to vote and and have you know valid votes for the MVP are. Are, are reporters and, and, and people close to the NBA. So a lot of these guys are watching everything that everybody's yeah, but, doing. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, so they've already seen all this. Like, I was always down on, on, on Harden because I thought he was a volume shooter, didn't play any defense, you know, didn't do anything other than shoot, you know, you know one-dimensional player where if you watched him, it, 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 you know, if you watched this evolving 
you know, James Harden, you, you would have seen, okay, he's more than just a volume shooter. He, you know, he gets his teammates involved. He's trying to play the, de- I mean, his defense is still pretty bad, but you know, he's, he offensively, he's more of a complete player than I thought he was where guys have seen this throughout the re- whole regular season where they, they knew, okay, a vote for Curry, a vote for Harden, a vote for Curry, where, you know, before I was all Curry, 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 then maybe Anthony Davis, then maybe LeBron James, you know, then maybe James Harden, where if you've seen this the whole time, you know, maybe, maybe the vote is closer than I would have imagined going into this is all. I mean, Harden is right now in the series is averaging 30 points. And uh, let me see how many assists was it? Uh, 8.7. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> he's averaging almost a double-double for a shooting guard. That's nasty. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's nasty. That's serious. I mean, that's serious for, for, for a guard to do. I mean, yeah. But he does handle the ball a lot more than a regular shooting guard does, too. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, more of a, he's more of a point guard. Right. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly is been. there. Patrick Beverly has been there. Is is their point? Is there, you know, uh, their quote unquote starting point guard? Starting right? point guard, but for the most part, the ball goes through James Harden. Exactly. And unfortunately for Roy, uh, you know his his much disdain for Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is playing Orlando esque right now. I mean, you yeah. saw you 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 guys saw what he did in in, in the first you know three games of the series. You know, uh, obviously Houston's looking to close it out tonight, but. Dwight Howard's playing good. I mean, I mean, he's averaging nearly 15 rebounds a, a game. I mean, and he and he's he's going up against probably one of you know one of the better centers in the league in Tyson Chandler, who Ty- is no Tyson Chandler's on an island out there, man, all by himself. You watch these games; he's he's all alone. He's got to deal yeah. with Dwight. He's got to deal it's, with Josh Smith. He's got to deal with everybody. There's nobody that they're defensively. Dallas is just pitiful. Right. Nobody's yeah, rotating. Nobody's helping him out. So if he's worried about Dwight, and he's got to slip the guard. This guy. No one's going to guard Dwight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think just, what the what 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 the biggest difference for for Dallas is actually losing Vince Carter. I, I think mean, Brandon Wright and Brandon Wright. Right. Yeah. But Vince Carter. He. I mean, for the for the most part, he he guarded the perimeter guys. He did. You're he right. was one of their best perimeter defenders, if not the best perimeter defender. So to lose that, and you know, to lose uh, Brandon Wright, you know, is it, it, Brandon Wright and 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 Tyson Chandler were you know were were a formidable duo for, uh, defensively and rebounding, and and for for Tyson Chandler not to have that this year is obviously rearing its ugly head, uh, you know, on their weaknesses. And uh, Houston is uh, J- James Harden and, and Dwight Howard are taking full advantage of, of, of what they lack, what, what, what Dallas lacks. So, I mean, I, I, I personally see, you know, with those two key losses in, in Rajon Rondo and uh, Chandler Parsons, I see Houston ending this tonight. They're, they're sweeping them out. Yeah, what? I think me and you were both in on the, the Chandler Parsons thing that he was, I mean, he just never was a factor at all. And I think, I just think Rondo doesn't want to be yeah, there. Yeah, like what, what's so, going on with Rondo though? Like what? I, I was telling, was I telling you yesterday, you Roy? Me, yeah. I, I believe that Rondo isn't really hurt. They, supposedly he's got a back injury, but I think this is kind of Houston or Dallas's way of, or Mark Cuban's way of saying, ha ha ha, you know, uh, you know, expletive you, uh, you're not going to get this max contract that you want. Um, you know, because I think Rick Carlisle went on went on record in saying that no, that he doesn't believe that Rajon Rondo will play ever again for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, he said he'll, never, he'll, never, he'll never wear a Mavs uniform. Yeah, he'll again. never wear a Mavs uniform. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that he's not really hurt. He just, he wants Rajon Rondo to go away. And and this is a way you know to say hey you have a back injury is pretty serious it's a pretty serious thing especially for a professional athlete to have issues with your back that's 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 your whole it's everything that's everything that you know that's that you were you need you need your back to do anything 
Oh, you're, you're, you're saying that, da- that Dallas is starting that rumor even though there's nothing really wrong with him because like, it's, to lower call, his, it's the yeah, probing to, of, of, of the back issues of to lower his to lower To lower his value, yeah. I, wow. I, I believe so. I mean, yeah, well, you, you look at it from a Mark, he Mark played, Cuban. He played 10 minutes. He didn't look like he was hurt. And then all of a sudden, he, sa- he sat the rest of that game. Uh, I think it was game two. He sat the, sat the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, like we had mentioned, uh, I think Josh was mentioning that he looked like he was completely disinterested in what they were, what was going on. I, I mean, mean, if you pay attention to where he's sitting, he's not even sitting on the bench with the rest of his team. He's sitting off to the side. Yeah. Like, he's just sitting there, not even engaged in the game. What's going I mean, on so, so that, I mean, honestly, Dallas is probably pissed because, uh, you know, they gave up some draft picks to get him, and he's given them nothing for the most part. Well, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though, is you look at from Mark Cuban's perspective. I mean, they gave up a ton, and they, they were looking to get – I mean, there, there rumors of, yeah. yeah they, but their, their rumors of getting Rondo stemmed way before – Way before that trade actually happened, so I mean, the the the, the back channels and stuff that they had to go through to, to acquire Rajon Rondo for what they did, and for him to come out and play like the way he did. I mean, I would I, there'd be there'd be you know water there'd be water on my face from you know the fact of like wait I went and we vested all this interest to get you, and then you're going to come here and play like this when we know you could play a lot better because we've seen it. Yeah, he you just know. doesn't seem I truly interested. Didn't, he didn't want to be there from, from Jump Street, man. He but if you remember their, their press conference and they asked him. Oh, you know, how did you feel about well, what made you want to come to Dallas? He's like, I didn't have a choice. That was his response to that. Man. Yeah, but didn't he? Didn't he when he left Boston? He wanted out of Boston, he went, right? He wanted out of Boston. I mean, he, how often does a player get to control where they go? No, I know, but I mean, you, you went from you know at the LeBron. Time, you, uh, <laughs> Le, LeBron controls where 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 players that he wants can go. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but like at the time, I mean, when when Rajon Rondo got traded, Boston was not in the playoff picture. I mean, they were not like they had a good. They made the playoffs, but they had. Bad record, but they played. They played better when Rondo left, and Rondo wanted to leave. Yet he got went to a team that had a lot of hope of winning the championship. And you go, go and you go from a team like Boston to 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 a team that has championship aspirations. You I think, play like that. I think Boston with uh, Rondo, and they tra- they also traded Jeff Green to Memphis. But uh, I think they were like eleven and twenty with those guys. Yeah, with those and then guys. They traded him, and then after that, they were twenty and eleven. They were one of the best. They were one of the hotter teams. teams. Yeah, yeah, one of the hotter Eastern Conference teams. Granted, they probably had, they probably had a softer schedule. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's more. Than, but 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 my point being of just you're going from a bottom bottom feeding team, being a good player, being on a bottom feeding team is going to eat, eat you alive to get a chance to go to a team like like Dallas, which you know has won a recent yeah, they, championship, and they have championship aspirations. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been shocked if Dallas would have won the NBA championship this year especially because you know what they have you know they have Dirk they have Tyson Chandler you know they 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 have they have Monte Ellis even though I don't particularly like him Josh loves him um he doesn't play defense at all yeah he's one of those yeah but you know if, if James if Harden Cuba, if Cuba, Ch- Ch- Chandler MVP. Parsons I got Chandler Parsons Chandler I mean, Parsons right I mean they, they had ha- a team they were they were equipped to win a championship I mean oh, I there's a lot of things had to go right but and I mean they did get some depth in Amari Stoudemire and, oh I forgot about Amari jokes and, and, got and you know like you know it was more of a it was more of a I th- you know it wasn't more of a you know oh my god Amari Stoudemire I'm from Phoenix you know this all star you know stud power forward who's gonna drop you know 20 and 15 on you every night but he was more of a depth guy to be there to back up uh, you know Tyson Chandler and their front court, I wouldn't have been surprised if Dallas, you know, would have went to the NBA Finals. To be honest with you, and then you know, for like Carmen was saying, to be on a bottom feeding team like Boston, and then to go to Dallas and then be mad about it. I mean, what was your other option to go to LA, which is another bottom feeding team? I mean, no offense, Roy, but they're no, not—they're they, they they're, no, they're not going to be good for 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 a bunch of years. years. That's yeah. the thing, though. Is where does he end up? Where does Rajon Rondo end up? I, I got to go to LA. He's yeah, going, I, he's going to LA. I think Kevin Love and Rajon Rondo are going to go to LA. 
That's what that's what I think. I, I think, mean, I, I think Lamarcus Aldridge and Rondo are going to L.A. That's what I think. See, I think I think Aldridge stays where he's at, but you know, it's, well, you know, I shouldn't say I think. That's what I want. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah being a fan of the team is different, but huge difference in want and actual, you know, but legitimacy. But you say, but, do I? I think Kevin Love goes home. I think Kevin Love goes home. Russell he's, Westbrook he's from goes home in a few years too. Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, it, a lot <laughs> depends on what happens with Kevin Durant. With I think Russell Westbrook, because you know Russell Westbrook could go from the the thing like, oh, Kevin Durant's gone. I'm the man of this team, which he thrive. I mean, we we saw it this year. He he thrive. Or he could be like, "Hey, I want to play with Kevin Durant. He's staying, so I'm going to stay." So right. it could go, either, it can go there, or he could say, "Like, you know what? I want to be the man of my team, my home team." Right? Yeah, you know or I mean? yeah, it could, or it can go that way. So I mean, there's a lot of variables that 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 can come from that. I mean, think about it though. I mean, what's scary is the fact of you know, Oklahoma City is going to have a have a lottery pick with the team that they already have with Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook, and possibly who knows as a coach. You know. That's kind of a scary proposition for any other team, and, and especially the Western Conference, being the fact that they're going to get to reload a little bit with a with a high draft pick. Right, exactly. All right, so so you know, for the most part, we all see the Rockets uh, moving on and, and making quick work of the Dallas Mavericks, the shorthanded Dallas Mavericks. Dallas may win one; they're, they're, it's won the night. But other than that, they're going to lose the series. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's getting getting out. The series is, is lasting past tonight. Um, but you know, we're going to move on. To the uh to this to the Los Angeles Clippers and the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs With, lost today. Spurs lost. Uh, unfortunately, I thought the Spurs were were on the right track. So is that two two? It's two two. It's a whole new series. It's yeah. The 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 Clippers got back their home court so, yeah, advantage. They 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 took, lost. Yeah, because the because uh San Antonio took one in Los Angeles and now Los Angeles took one in San Antonio. So yeah, now it's. It's a going, three game series. It's going back. Which I don't know. Does that? What? Who does that benefit though? Does that benefit the older Spurs? Does that benefit the younger, inexperienced? I think it benefits the Spurs. You I think really so? See, I almost go with inexperience of, of and youth of the, the Clippers to go in a three three game series. But to me, the Clippers cave, man. The, the situation that they cave, you know. I don't believe in them. I yeah, but you know what? I, honestly, I mean, I thought I thought personally that the San Antonio would have been up three one at this point, and 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 you know being. I don't know a closet San Antonio fan. I, you know, I don't. You, know, I you just, are not in the closet. You are not in the closet. Well, I mean, how could you go against what I they do? I mean, the only fact, the only thing that I don't like of what San Antonio does is Greg Popovich's. You know his uh, his theory of uh, hack a shack or hack. You know hack a hack a DeAndre uh, type thing. Other than that, what the Spurs do is what how basketball teams should should be run and, and should play. Um, so. You know, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for them, uh, you know, they lost today, and I thought they could have definitely put a stranglehold on this whole series by by you know winning uh, winning at home today. But unfortunately, they lost um, the San Antonio Spurs, and then, like Carmen said, it's a three it's a three game series now. And um, I personally want to see it go seven. No, it'll be fun to watch it. Yeah, like you know, I don't have the Spurs going to the championship, but uh, I, I do have them getting past uh, the next round and, and eventually, you know, hopefully facing the 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 Warriors in the final in the Western Conference Finals. But um, I, I I'm just waiting for you guys to come over here and start giving me a back massage and and rubbing my back for this whole Kawhi Leonard <laughs> thing. Dude, you guys were hating on me and, and and talking smack. Yeah, I, I never hated you on you with the Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, thing. I just I, I my only beef with it the whole thing was just the fact that you said he's better than LeBron James, which. He's okay. I'm not. We're not going to yeah, get yeah, back no, into we're not this. Gonna, I'm just that, that but, was my whole thing. But uh, he's a, he's a yeah. He's an elite player. It's just he's uh he he won the defensive MVP. Uh, you know, and I mentioned even in our NBA playoff preview uh, that I believe that he should. And I think the only thing that was going to hurt him was missing some time earlier in the year. But uh, you know, he eventually did win it this year uh, for being the best defensive player in the NBA. 
which uh, which is a good thing for him. Uh, I think he deserved it, and um, I hope San Antonio is able to actually pull out the next two. I don't want to see them go to Game Seven because if that happens, you know, it, it's it's anybody's game at that point. I mean, you don't want to give false confidence to a team that doesn't deserve it. And uh, I don't. I believe you. I believe, I'm with you, Roy. I think the Clippers cave, you know, when they need to. However, I'm just a little bit irked on. Uh, I'm where the series is going because I thought San Antonio was going to put a stranglehold on the series t- today, and uh, they had everything in their power to do it. To when they were at home the next two games, they should have taken care of business. I right. agree with you. That's yeah. the thing, though. Is I, I picked I picked the Clippers to upset the San Antonio Spurs, or maybe not upset via seeding, but reality upset them. And uh, I, I would be I would be more shocked if the Clippers were to win in a game seven than I would be if it was the other way. Even though I picked the the, the, the Los Angeles Clippers to win the series, I would have been more shocked to see if it, the game if the series went to seven games, even in L.A., even against the Clippers, I, I would put all my money on the fact that the San Antonio Spurs, who they are, what they represent, would take care of business in a game seven. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we, we could get it. We got three games to find out. If they, they ping pong back and forth, we're at a game seven and we'll find out. But should be an interesting next couple of days. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I think we got to make a transition to uh, my least favorite time of the show. <laughs> hey, brother. your final answer well 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 this is to me this is actually one of my favorite segments of the show bro versus bro and today the chef yes right the chef gets the prestigious honor of hosting it i hope i do uh do josh good here guys uh obviously you know anybody who's out there watching the white Sox, we all know uh white Sox and royal brawl this week am i correct Yes, they did. All right. So in honor of this, uh, that happening this week's little bro versus bro, we're going to have a uh, sports brawls and fights and just, you know, just bad moments in sports when it comes to fighting. You guys ready? I'm ready. Sort of, Are yeah, you sort ready? Of. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Question number one. This former Denver Nugget threw a sneaky haymaker at, at former New York Nick Marty Collins in a blench cream brawl. Who was this Nick? I mean, I'm sorry. Who was this Denver Nugget? Are we passing on to the next one? We'll come back to it? Come back to it, yeah. All come right. Back to it. <clears throat> Question number two. This bench clearing brawl between the New York Knicks and Miami Heat was so bad that this former New York Knicks coach had to get involved. Go ahead. Jeff Van Gundy. Christopher got it. He was hanging on, uh, I think, gotcha. was Alonzo Morning's leg. Alonzo Morning's leg, Morning's yeah. leg. Question number three. In 2003, in the 2003 MLB playoffs, the heated rivalry between the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox got so bad that... This picture of Carmen. Boston, uh, Kurt Schilling. Nope. Could you could you continue? Yeah. In 2003, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the heated rivalry between New York Yankees and Boston Boston Red Sox got so intense when this former Red Sox pitcher tossed at the time bench coach 17 year old Don Zimmer like a ragdoll nearly killed him. You're asking for the pitcher's name? Yes. I'm gonna. I'm once he answers, I'm gonna answer the right correct answer. Andy Pettit. Wrong. Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez, yep. <laughs> I just went with blood and Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Jumping the gut, damn it. All right. Number four, this bench-clearing brawl got so bad between the Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche that two goalies actually set the stage in a fight MMA-style center ice. Who were these two goalies? Christopher. Go for it. Uh, Patrick Waugh? Dominic Koshik? Nope. Carmen. 
Go for it. Patrick Waugh and uh, uh, Howard. Nope. Patrick Waugh and Chris Osgood. Oh, Osgood. <laughs> Damn, it. Damn it. All right. This bench clearing brawl between the Texas Rangers and the Chicago Whites will start when this young third base. Carmen. Start- Go for it, Carmen. Robin Ventura. You got it. Oh, I got one. <laughs> like- right, but there's another part to this question. Hold on. Okay. Who did he charge and fight? Oh, uh, Nolan Ryan. All right, you got it. Yep. <clears throat> I got that one wrong. I just quit. All right. This bench clearing bar is labeled as the malice in the past. Carmen. Oh, oh, no, no, let him go. Let him go. Let him go. I'm, 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 go. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, oh, I got to think because it can't be the, it can't be the, the Ron Artest. You got it. Oh, I thought it was a trick question. I was like, okay, it can't be that if you're, <laughs> if you're, uh, well, a little technical difficulty here. We'll make it work. All right. Number six. I'm sorry. Seven. This former New York Knicks point guard did his best imitation of Floyd Mayweather after getting a headbutt from Kobe Bryant. He connected with a one-two combo. Carmen uh, Starks. Nope. Jake. Is that the is that the whole question? Yep. Who was the point guard that laid? He, he punched Kobe twice. <laughs> Instant fashion too. Just pow pow. Oh man, I'm trying to think. New York Knicks point guards have not been good lately. Uh, I'm gonna go. Nate Robinson. Nope. Chris Childs. Ah. All right. Here we go. What question number is this? Eight. Eight, all right. All right two to one, Carmen, oh. by the way. Two oh. to one, Carmen. Yeah, I got the same thing. This former Houston Rocket powered forward threw the ball off Shaq's head and then took him down MMA style after he felt he was fouled excessively. Both players were ejected. Who hit Shaq with the ball in the head? Carmen. Carmen. Charles Barkley. Yep. Done. <laughs> you got three questions, Christopher, down two points. From 19, 1987 to 1994, this team was known for their dirty, rough, and rugged Christopher. style of play. Christopher. Detroit Pistons. Got it. With two questions left, it's three to two, Carmen. Actually, three questions left because we have to go back to number one. You guys pass, if need be. This former Oscar forward of the Houston Rockets and coach was involved in what many say was the most deadliest fight in sports history. He took a one punch and suffered major injuries. Who was he? Can you repeat the question? This former all-star forward and coach of the Houston Rockets was involved in what many caused one of the most brutal punches in sports history. He ran to the court to defend a teammate and was cold clocked. People say this, this punch is what changed a lot of the Suspension and stuff in sports history. Christopher. Christopher. Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy Tomjanovich. Wow. Boom! I didn't, realize, I didn't realize he played. I was, I was, I was thinking Kevin McHale because I'm the only one I got think of that he played. But okay. So what's the score now? Is it tied? It's tied up. Oh, man. The key, one, the key thing in there was forward and coach of the Rockets. McHale never yeah. played for them. Oh, see, so yeah. See, so yeah, I didn't. Okay. All right. Number 11. This former Chicago Bulls forward, although remembered for his relentless pursuit of the rebounds... Carmen. It's a, t- it's a tie there, man. <laughs> he didn't finish, though. Yeah, he, he didn't well, finish you, his name. He didn't finish his name. He didn't say Christopher. Truth you, 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 I finished my name first, right? <laughs> right? Right? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. All right. There's, Chris, there's one question. We're going, we're going back to it, right? Yeah, we can go back to that one, all right? That's Christopher, the, this is your last hope here, man. All right. It was one, right? Question one that we didn't get to? Yes. That's right. One more time. I'm going to read it nice and slow for both of you guys. This... Former Denver Nugget, 
snuck in a haymaker of a punch that was heard around the stadium, knocking out Marty Collins in a bench-clearing brawl between both teams. The haymaker came in seemingly after the fight was dying down. Who was this small forward? Christopher. Christopher. Kenyon Martin. Nope. I guess it doesn't matter if they already won, but I'll go Antonio McDice. Nope. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo, really? Yeah, Carmelo snuck in the haymaker. Wow. You know what, Roy? I'm not going to have you do bro versus bro anymore, okay? Roy, I think you should be the permanent host of bro versus bro. Because <laughs> I think I lost the last one. Oh, no, was it? No, yeah, it wasn't. Won. Carmen hasn't won once since like week two. No, no, that was... No, uh, I, I, won, I won the first one, and I won the one that we didn't release. So I have three victories. <laughs> with, a, with a surprising upset. Oh, Carmen wins, 4-3. Oh, thank God. And I, I would have won better if I would have not jumped the gun on the Kurt Schilling one. Yep. Okay. I thought you had it. As soon as you had net, you, I thought you when I said small forward, but Kenyon played power, man. Yeah. I, I was, was just thinking forward. I was just thinking, who, yeah, I'm just going to run through my head what, what Denver Nuggets I could think of yeah, back what, in the day. Yeah, what shady Denver Nugget yeah. was there. And Kenyon Martin was at the top of my list. So. I still had the braids at that time. I was watching it. was after J.R. Smith got fouled. He just came in and bow, just nailed him, man. What was uh, uh I was th- I was also thinking about that who was that guy the the Denver Nuggets had who wouldn't uh st- who wouldn't stand up for the national anthem. Oh, uh, uh Raul Mac Yeah, that dude. Yeah, I was roof up doing something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking No, I was thinking no, I don't think it was the you're thinking of the guy that was played for Vancouver. Sharif Abdul Rahim? Yeah. You're thinking about him. No, the other guy. He had, yeah, he No, yeah, it was Farouk something or yeah, Farouk, it was a, something yeah. something crazy. Some loser here. He's not even in the league, anyways. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, no. So, but uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, so, so going, going back to uh, brawls. I mean, that White Sox brawl. What, what do you, what do you think actually happened with, uh, with, with that whole thing? Like, because you, you see Ventura say something to Eaton, but did Eaton start that or? I mean, watching, going back and forth, watching the replays, man. It, obviously, he hit that. Quick liner, one bounce liner towards him, and I think he had something to say. Did it was it something that bad that had to you know for the benches to clear? But I mean, my thing is obviously being a homer. I don't want to say Eaton started it, you know what I mean. But at the same time, Jordan had just gotten tossed from the game the week before in Oakland for hitting somebody and jawing with them too. It's like he has a history of all this crap already, you know what I mean? So who knows? I mean, who knows? Everyone's blaming it on Eaton. Everyone that saw the video, I mean, but at the same time. Something led up to where he had to say something. You know what I mean? Right. See, like that's the thing though. It's wa- watching that game, and it, it, I didn't notice anything that Adam Eaton did. I th- thought it was all like you know Ventura being you know what what he is. I mean, he's got that guy's got electric stuff. I mean, he is he is uber talented. But I, I just like okay, well the guy doesn't have his his stuff together where he you know he can't handle a rocket line, liner back to him uh, or, or or what so. Yeah, I, I just I was surprised to then go back and watch it again and say, like, wait, did Adam Eaton say something to him first and he was just responding to it and that's what caused it? But you know, hey, just it, that was that was a. You gotta think Eaton said something. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he. I mean, you gotta think that he said something to him. I mean, because it was basically what it was like a soft liner. It was a soft dribbler actually to the to the pitcher. Well, no, yeah, it, was I don't, one, I mean, it was a one hot shot yeah, right back at him. Yeah, I don't think it was a soft. I don't think it was soft, but I mean, it was just a routine play. Like it wasn't. Anything. There was no, I don't think you could any infer that something malicious was going on from the hit alone. Something else had to have happened for him to respond like that, unless he's just completely, you know, non-professional and you know what what he does and was going to talk about that play. But I mean, yeah, it was just you know, but but the, but the way it, it the way it kind of like started and then kind of died down and it started again and died down. And I mean, there was some punches. It looked like there was a couple of kicks thrown. The guys going to the ground. I mean, it was a good old fashioned 
That was a good old fashioned it was bench clearing brawl. Was bad, man. And you know what's funny? That it reminded me, I don't know if you guys remember, it's not the first time the Royals and the Sox go oh, out like this. Was it? I think it was 2000 when they went at it again real bad in Kansas City. And you know what? From that point on, and the Sox made the playoffs that year. But they went on a tear, man. They started just beating. Yeah, well, I, I was, I was, I was disappointed after seeing that. After, we lost, and they lost. Yeah, I was like, man, like usually, usually brawl like that, especially if you're not, you know, you're not living up to, you know, because the White Sox are being, they're okay, but they're not, they're not by any means winning consistently or anything like that. So, like, I would have thought that would have sparked them a little bit. And it looks like they we just, won the series. Though. Actually, the Sox said they exploded for five runs in the sixth, winning the game five three today. Nice. They, they so, won. They won the postponed. And, and they won that one, and they, they won, won the, and they won the schedule start today too. Also, maybe yeah. maybe it had a little bit of lingering effect where you know they they, they realized like you know these guys represented the the AL last year and you know we can beat them so we could beat them in two ways. I, I mean, for, baseball fielding with punches for the Sox to me, it's all about the offense, man. We can't. We have these games like well, for today. We explode for five runs in the six, and tomorrow we're gonna have one run. Yeah, we got. I, mean, I mean, this offense is put together to click and, and put up some runs. I mean, I think it was mean? what last weekend where the, the Sox, you know, uh, Chris Sale was pitching. The Sox exploded for last Saturday, I believe. Uh, the Sox exploded for twelve runs. I mean, in Abre- Detroit, uh, uh, <laughs> in Detroit, Abreu hit a, hit a long hit a grand slam. LaRoche hit a three run homer. I mean, the the bats were just the bats were swinging and and they were connecting. And, uh, you know, they scored all those runs. And, and cr- for the most part, you need to score those runs, those 12 runs when maybe, uh, Noesi is pitching or, 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 or yeah, <laughs> or Danks or some, but Chris Sale, he needs maybe, maybe one, one or two runs and he's solid, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and we're, we're coasting. So, uh, you know, like Roy mentioned, you know, we need to, we need to be more consistent on offense. I mean, they can't go through these, through these dry spells where they, you know, they, 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 you know they they they're hitting lights out, and then you know the next game they're they could barely score, they could barely get a hit, for the most part. I mean, we saw personally in the home opener. I mean that was terrible. They got three hits the whole game, and two of them were in the ninth inning or eighth and ninth inning. I mean, put my buddy to sleep, man. Yeah, I mean it was bad. <laughs> I don't think it was the game, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Let's uh let's go across town and let's talk about Chris Bryant and all this because I don't think we've before we do that. Kind yeah, of, I, I, one more thing I wanted to add: Chris Sale reportedly after that brawl went next door. To the Royals clubhouse trying to pick a fight. Good. He's watch another it. monster I wouldn't want to fight. Yeah, He's skinny, but he looks deadly. Watch, watching between him and between him and Samarja, I was like, whoa, these guys, these guys are ready to throw down. Like Chris Sale was in there. Like I was like, whoa, you dude, back up. Like <laughs> that's what we want you is to be under the pile. Like right. I, I'm sure you want to represent your team. I'm sure you're mad and all that stuff, but we need your arm. Like we're talking we, about a Cy Young hopeful. Yeah, here, like we can't have you here. involved in any bottom, you know, being at the bottom of a pile of any brawls. Like no, right. that's not what we want. I want to see as a fan. Like no, no, no. I, I agree. Had that been like Connor Gillespie or somebody, like, get yeah, it, go, go in there. Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want. But like we don't want I don't want to see any missed time and I don't want to see any injuries from this. Like Gordon Beckham, get out there and throw some haymakers. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? go for it. <laughs> so yeah, but like like me too, like thinking like, okay, it's a it's a baseball baseball fight and all that stuff. And it's like Samarja. Like that would be the last guy we want to see in a bench clearing brawl oh, in baseball with Samarja. I mean he's a football player. Yeah, the dude's a football player. Like he yeah. He he'd be the last one I'd go to pick a fight with if you're going for baseball. Definitely, so, man. So Crosstown. Yeah, I mean how about how about how about how about Chris Bryant? I mean, has that guy, other than home runs, has he not lived up to so far everything that people have been saying about this guy? Is offense, uh, offensive potential? I mean, it, 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 I mean, anybody who knows the chef knows I hate the Cubs. Yeah, I no, do, but I, I cannot hate on this because this guy, he's good. Yeah, man. he's the real deal. Twenty three years old and he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, I mean, I feel bad for him that they control him for the next few years. Poor guy, he's probably gonna be in baseball hell too, but. He's good, man. He's 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 tearing the cover off the ball. This kid. Yeah, I mean, what he's in in, uh, 
in 30, 33 at bats. He's got eleven hits. I mean, he's seven batting, RBIs. Batting, batting three thirty three thirty three. His on base percentage is four seventy six. His slugging percentage is four fifty five, and his on base percentage is nine thirty one for a guy who's been uh, in, you know in the in the major leagues for nine games. And that's crazy. Like it's I mean, insane, man. That's I mean, unheard of. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the, the Cubs. I mean, all of a sudden, just from being completely terrible for a lot of years, is all of a sudden becoming watchable. I mean, to see like, well, what is this guy going to do? Because you know, like me being me being a you know a Chicago fan, like you know, he he he's this good right now, and he hasn't hit any home runs. I think the minute he hits a home run, I mean, the floodgates are going to open for this guy. I mean, he's just going to be like, click and boom. It's like he's going to be. I mean, this is this is going to be really fun to watch being a Chicago being a Chicago fan. Especially for Cub fans, they're excited. I mean, I think it was the other day when they brought up that shortstop or second baseman, Addison I, Russell. Addison Russell, I think their whole infield is under like twenty-five. Yeah, they got. I think they got the either the youngest, the youngest infield in Major League Baseball, or the second youngest infield in Major. League Which League. can be great or it can be bad. Oh, it's yeah, one but, or the other, but, but so far it's looking so, good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I don't think it's the infielder. I don't think it's their young talent that's the problem in in, in Chicago with any of their losses. I think it's their bullpen. I mean, their bullpen's terrible. I mean, they've been. They're go, they had the bullpen that we had last year. Yeah, I mean, they've been in almost every game. They've battled in every game. And offensively, they're right. They're losing by a run or two, but it's just their their bull, bullpen's blown a lot of their games for them. And it's like, you know, is 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 Thed and and you know, is Thed in those? Uh, not Thed, but uh, Theo. 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 Theo and Jed are they are they going to make some moves to deal some of the, the the prospects that they have or something to get a get some someone in the bullpen for help for you know setup and close? I mean. I don't think they're going to deal with anybody. I think they're going to just try to keep building as they're doing. They're not. See, the Cubs are not in win win mode now. You know what I mean? They're not. I don't know. I, they're building to compete. See, yes. See, I, I see. I, I would tend to disagree with you just for the fact of that Edison Russell move. I thought was a move because they could have just sat on that for a little bit longer, not started his clock, not done any of that arbitration stuff or anything like that, and let him sit there and you know kill it in the minors and then bring him up. You know, you know, late June, early July, and you know, you get even more time out of him without having to pay him. Where they brought him up now, like they they saw, like, hey, we've got a team here. We can, we've got something special going on right now. I mean, they're second in the NL Central. I mean, and, which and, is a lot to say. And there was a, yeah, I mean, it's who, that, who, uh, is are the Cardinals? Cardinals are in first. Cardinals right? are in first, yeah. and the Cardinals just had a huge blow. Adam Wain, Wainwright's out for the year. What happened to him? I, he, uh, I think he tore his Achilles <laughs> yesterday. Uh, that's in, that's in the, the heart batter, and soul of the in, starting pitching in the man. batter's box. So I mean. If there's a time, it's if there's it's a, now. T- it's, now. it's now. Yeah, I mean, so and like we've like like we've discussed before, um, you know, the 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 Cubs mantra is not is not to win, you know, in in 2020 or you know in 2018 or whatever. They're they're trying to win now. I mean, Joe Madden, uh, Anthony Rizzo, they're they're they they went on record, you know, numerous times uh, this off season and currently that they're trying to win. I mean, so it's uh. It's a good and exciting thing to see for for Chicago and uh, the Chicago Cubs fans. Um, you know, hopefully they could continue building on what they have done. Um, you know, uh, and, and they 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 do need to show up their bullpen though. Like like you guys have both mentioned, uh, they're not going to get very far, especially in the playoffs with with a with a shaky bullpen and a bullpen that gives up hits and runs and 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 throws walks. No, you're not going to get anywhere without really. I mean, unless you're the old five White Sox who just rolled their starters all the way. All the way to the, to the to the ship, you know what I mean. Relief pitching is going to win you some games and obviously lose you some games in their case. Yeah, I, I don't know. like I said. It's just e- e- either way, either way, we uh, you know we, I think like we all said, we're, we're, it's going to be a very very exciting summer, especially with the you know with the, with the hockey season and basketball season starting to come to an end with the playoffs here and stuff. It's going to give us a reason to watch baseball. Like 
I mean, last 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 summer was brutal to watch. So I mean, to be able to to be able to know like, hey, the Cubs are a decent team, and you know the White Sox are doing what they're doing. I mean, it's just a really encouraging thing being a fan. So both teams are, are putting are, are like are really possibly can put together some really good summer. You know what I mean? Both teams really they're built for it. Yeah, the White Sox, like we mentioned, we they got to get their consistency back. I mean, for the most part, their starting rotation is solid. I mean, they ha- you know they have a potential Cy-, Cy Young winner in Chris Sale. They have Samarja, who has you know he was shaky in the start, but you know he's he's kind of settled down for the most part. Yeah, he's, he's he's finding his stride. Yeah, uh, you know, and 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 Quintana was was and I think still is a very promising pitcher. For them, and and for the most part, they've shored up their bullpen and the issues that they've had with their bullpen. So, like like we've mentioned, we, they need to find their offensive consistency, um, and 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 you know, and 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 get that uh, get that going. You know, they can't have the these droughts that they have uh, all the time. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good for it's good for both uh, both uh, both teams uh, in the windy city here, uh, the Cubs and the White Sox. As long as it's better for the Sox, I'll be happy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> All right. So uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this show here um with a little bit of mic time here, talking both uh you know, we're just leaving off on on both positive notes for the for the Cubs and the White Sox. But uh we're gonna we're gonna just get into uh, to some mic time and uh we've changed our format a little bit. Before it was uh it was always Josh screwing everything up, uh but since Josh is not here, uh we're gonna change it to the format that he is more comfortable in, even though he's not here right now. But uh we're gonna try something a little different. Uh you know, we're just gonna discuss some topics that we that we wanna talk about. Uh and it's not gonna be a closed mic thing where I'm yelling at Roy during his mic time and, and Josh is laughing behind uh Carmen in his mic time. We're just gonna kinda discuss <laughs> what we wanna discuss, uh, you know, sports or not sports, uh and and, and go from there. Who's up first? I think we start with you, Chef Roy. Start with the chef. Uh, you know what? I have a couple of things I can discuss in my my time here. Number one, I think our subscribers keep jumping, and I want to thank. That's first and foremost. I want to thank all, all the subscribers. I mean, you guys make us keep going. I mean, they make it possible for us. You know, we we put a lot of work into this. You know, Fish, Josh, Christopher, Carmen. We all we all do our thing out here. Khan, Khan talks and Khan definitely, and Khan. You know, Khan is a little beast at his hockey, and so. It just feels good to be part of something that's so far become really successful. Uh, two, I can't wait, man. May second's here. May second's coming. The mega fight. I hope it lives up to what it's, it's you know being promoted up to the hype and then go Floyd, go Floyd. And three, I hope, hey, I hope I did a good job for you guys on Bro versus Bro, man. I really did. You, no, it was, it was, it fun was I did a terrible I, job, I, so I think it was awesome. I'm, you're I'm, never, I'm you're never doing it again. <laughs> I'm putting in the vote for you to do it all the time. Hey, but you know what? For you guys to shout some of these answers off, that's good, man. That's pretty good. I put this all together. Let's, let's keep rolling. Let's keep, let's keep doing a good job. All right. I'm going to first take a page out of Fish's playbook. And uh, first of all, thank my wife, Nikki Force not giving me a hard time for coming to record this podcast as she's packing away at home because we're trying to prepare to move and to sell our house and all that good stuff. So I'm going to first thank her. I'm also going to say I just want to talk. Why I suck. I just want to. I just want to. You know, talk talk really quick about the whole disappointing five minutes for Derrick Rose and the end of his. You know, at the end of that last game and you know it all basically placing the blame on himself, which he took. He took that blame. Hold on. Just, hold on a second. Let me tell you why I 
Sucked. There was two of them, one for you, one for D Rose. <laughs> so I just want you know, just I, I think that was a wake up call. I think he had he experienced the high with his with his play and all that stuff, and I think that now he, you know he expends you know cost him basically a, a victory and a, a first round sweep, and I think it's going to be a very humbling experience. He's going to make make him drive a little bit harder, and hopefully we'll get the best out of him because you know I said let's reserve all my judgment for Derrick Rose for the playoff time, and you know it was really hard to do, and a lot of times I lost focus in that, but now the playoffs are here, and now he's delivering. And now he's got everything to play for, and now we're seeing the results. So, bravo, bravo to the team, bravo to Tarek Rose, and bravo to my wife. Bravo, <laughs> bravo. Yes, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL and the NFL draft. Um, I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad, and and, and and think it's a cool thing for the city of Chicago to to be hosting the NFL draft when you know it's it's notoriously been in uh, in New York and the the, the constant fans of uh, the Jets booing for all their picks, all their terrible picks and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just a good thing for the city of Chicago. And there's just, uh, you know, even though the, the, the NFL schedules were released and the Bears have a brutal, brutal schedule, um, the first five weeks are going to be tough. I mean, they open the season against Green Bay. Uh, you know, they got they got Seattle mixed in there, followed by, a, you know, followed by a, a, a Thanksgiving Day game against Green Bay again. You know, which obviously is going to be uh, tough games for all of that. But in Green Bay, yeah, in in Green, yeah, in Green Bay. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I also want to give a little shout out uh, to our sponsor to make this all possible. Uh, Purely Meats, uh, Purely Meat Company. For over eighty years, the Musalami family has provided the Chicago, Chicago with the with the highest quality hand cut meat and old world butch- butchery, all from their small family butcher shop on Taylor Street. Uh, you could contact uh, Purely Meat Company at purelymeat.com or give them a call at 773-731-3180 for all your meat ordering needs. Uh, So you could give them a call that they pretty much making all this happen for us and, uh, you know, living our... uh, living our dreams and, 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 and doing this podcast and just having a good old time. Uh, just want to give a big shout out to them and uh, the delicious uh, meat products that they uh, provide for, for everybody in Chicago. All right. Well, with, with that, hopefully you guys enjoyed this and we'll see you next time. All right. All right. All right. Peace. He shot over 300%. Hey, what's going on? The ice doesn't belong in here. It belongs out there. You, what 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 you three jabronis are leaving out here? If you smell what the rock is cooking. You want to see all your hamburgers right now? What? Lock your doors, lock your windows. I'll be coming to your house with your hamburgers. You the frozen ones. I'll find them and I'll eat them. Cause I am the hamburger. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Hey, you very good. See you next time. That's awful. Toodaloo. Au revoir. I'll feel the same. Ciao. Ding dao day. Get the hell out of here.